It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Bint with their views as we deploy Operation RetroShock. everybody and welcome to episode 6 of Operation Retro Shock. I'm Alan Price. Alongside me as always is... Alright. You see, I'm t- kind of taken aback because as the last couple of episodes I'm actually getting to introduce myself and I'm not used to it because you just go, it's none other than Chris Fent and then I'll go hello. So hello, my name's Chris Fent <laughs> and I'm the co-host of inverted commas whenever he feels like it. Yeah, whenever I feel like yeah, it. Or can't <laughs> escape through the door or whatever. <laughs> Whenever th- everything is going well, it's my podcast. <laughs> oh, right. I, I see. Okay. <laughs> he pulls me on that every time. But uh, here we are, episode six, another one bites the dust, so to say, uh, in the number countdown to number ten. I want to get to number ten quickly as possible. <laughs> okay. I know, it's just a little thing I have. But uh, interesting show ahead. This is the way we're going to be doing things over the summer, is that every other show is going to divert away from games now. Probably when we get towards the Christmas time period, we'll go back to games because it's such a big thing in the lead up to Christmas. Yeah. But uh, just to give a wee bit more variety during the summer season, we are going to go back to what we used to do with the original format in that it's just a whole mixture of everything. Yes, we'll still be the only gaming-dedicated podcast for uh, popculturenetwork.com. Um, as they say so go over there and check out all that lovely stuff and yeah okay with the voices again (coughs) as Randy Orton's theme song says I hear voices in my head and uh, I hear way too many voices from you Um, but yeah so we're going to go back to the way we were in the first couple episodes wherever we were discussing like a TV program or a film or uh, a DVD was the other one I could just about think of that there um so I shall pass it the baton back to Alan for him to say what we're going to actually talk about. The baton? Yeah, the baton. It sounded very posh there. <laughs> yes. Well, I shall pass the baton back to Alan, and he will um, divulge the information. Divulge. What we're going to... Quiet. Talking. Do not interrupt. <laughs> it just started again. It's over that idiot in the corner, so over to you, Alan. Well, thank you very much, Christopher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in this episode, uh, we are going to cover an interesting topic in recent history. Baywatch. When it comes to, well, Baywatch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Shh. Oh, yeah, fine. he likes David Hasselhoff. He loves, he loves chest hair. Mm, calm down. <laughs> I like slow motion. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh... It's going to be Monday Night Wars. The original Monday Night Wars will no doubt creep into conversation about more recent times, but... Uh, what, there was a Monday Night War when that happened? I must have missed that. Yeah, well, we'll discuss the yeah. necessity of that co- argument in a minute. Um, next up is going to be a very fond movie of mine, because 
Uh, as you obviously, everybody who heard episode one realised, I'm a big Back to the Future fan. No. Get no. out of town. I know, get out of town. Uh, our movie of choice is going to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit, who contain, which contains a favourite character of Chris's. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, I just really like Daffy Duck. I think he's a great character. Uh, Are you talking about the booberific Jessica Rabbit? Yes, that one, yes. (laughs) More on that later. (laughs) So, we're pushing at this. We're pushing at this show. (laughs) Don't mention that with Jessica Rabbit. That is just weird. All these double old chandras just (laughs) flying around. We've got to be careful. Um, And our final segment, so to speak, is going to be... uh, Thundercats! Ho! We haven't practiced that, I'm actually quite impressed with that. Oh, well, that's obviously what Lionel says. Well, he does say, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Ho! Keep saying Thunder. Well, that's what Robert Chicken says, yeah. Or he better get some friggin' tuna. His bow tie sucks. <laughs> he knows these lines too well, ladies and gentlemen. Katie does not have cooties! <laughs> <laughs> I think there may be a lot of that during that segment. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, do you want to also say about uh, what we'll be doing at the end once we've covered yeah, Thundercats? Uh, when I said kind of final segment, I meant it in the sense of it's going to be the last subject matter. Um, the final segment, we are going to have an interesting little go at... Uh, Chris has, on his Masters of the Universe Chronicles podcast, uh, done fantastic... Uh, commentary alongside uh, Mr. James E. Talk. Oh, James E. Talk's a legend. SerialGeek.com And uh, we're going to take that premise and idea, but just change it up a wee bit more for Operation Retroshock. We are going to have a segment called Simply Enough, Alan versus Chris. Yeah, we're not going to tell you what game we're playing. Uh, We're going to leave that until later on. We had to... um, We know this podcast, uh, this episode of the podcast is going to be focused on non-gaming, but we just were so sorely tempted to try out this new feature, we had to put it in this one. Yeah, exactly. Plus it rounds us up to four features as well. Yes. But uh, if it's something that fans like and fans um, particularly want to see as dual... Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But uh, with that secret hinted at... (laughs) We will now progress into our first break of the show. Here comes There's the voice. That voice again. Here comes the voice, Christopher. It's coming for you. Uh, we will go to our first break of the evening and come back and speak about the lovely, fantastic, historical Monday Night Wars. See you after the break.
And welcome back. We are here in our first segment of the evening. <laughs> There's Kofi Kingston again. Kofi Kingston. Bo- 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 <laughs> Kofi Kingston was a bit young when this subject matter was. Tell you who wasn't young. Oh yeah, I'm a tomb winner in the seventh year. I mean, Freak it, out. It, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was you saying the first time you aren't half sick when we're recording this show. I know, I just, made, I just made my throat go. That's match of madness <laughs> for you, I suppose. But, uh, yep. It's the Monday Night Wars, the original Monday Night Wars, and like said, uh, Chris said in the <laughs> intro, the only true war when it came to the wrestling business, but uh, the whole idea of this is we're going to focus on the DVD of the same title. Yes. So we are, which featured on the cover a uh, very hair-dyed Eric Bischoff. Or as Vince McMahon used to call Eric That's pretty good, now I must admit that. My voice is going to be wrecked by the end of this. How <laughs> many all these gravelly talking wrestlers? <laughs> well, the idea of the DVD is that it goes through chronologically of uh, showing you the WEF side. Oh my god, I'm going to have to bleep that. <laughs> WEF? I'm going to have to go WEF. No, it's okay. You said WEF. That's World Wrestling Entertainment, Entertainment Federation. Don't, don't, don't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> but it's going to be... It shows you WEF side and flips between it and WCW. Yeah. So it does. Um, we were originally going to do this... A while ago. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just meant to be like episodes. Be I lost all my notes and everything for this. I had to re- <laughs> No, I didn't lose my notes. I lost all the music for it. But then... Uh, but uh, we were designing in our show plan a good while ago. And it was probably for episode three this was going to be. Yeah. I think. Um, but then we decided to go to the gaming route and loved it so. And never looked back. <laughs> yeah, now uh, we're revisiting other things. As a summer. As a summer thing. Uh... So, the whole original plan was because when we did this, or planned to do this, there was the supposed new war beginning. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I'm glad we didn't do it now. <laughs> because we would have looked a bit silly. Um, it's like, oh my goodness, TNA is going to wipe the floor with WWE. And it's just like, no. And then WWE just smacked them aside. Yeah, exactly. With inferior products. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, it's kind of sad when you think about it that uh, this new supposed war never took off. Oh, because the first the first Monday night they went live. I remember we stayed up to yeah. watch it. Uh, we it was, of, it was one of my most enjoyable nights of watching wrestling. Yeah, because you had no idea what was going to happen, and then you know, like you know, this happened. You know, Jeff Hardy came in, and this that happened. Well, no, that wasn't exciting. Not a Jeff Hardy fan. Okay, well, you had you had other things that happened there as well. You, you had, just like, you had oh. Hogan. You were exactly. Yeah, I mean Hogan for me. Everyone you know would say that you know Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, and I'm not disputing that. Woo! Okay, the way he was staying up there, I thought it was going to be a major, major no, no, loud I kinda, I held back. People say that Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, which is fine and dandy. But for me, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan defined wrestling. If we didn't have Hulk Hogan in 1985, or whenever it was, with WrestleMania or Vince McMahon, we wouldn't have wrestling to talk about. He mightn't be the greatest technician, but he's been the biggest influence. Exactly, yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, that is what is going to be important. Yes, 
Red Fair may have had uh, 16 official world title reigns and still made the impact. But oh, what a pun. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think. But Hogan got wrestling right there into the main street. But it would have been fun. Do you not think it would have been fun to see Ric Flair in Suburban Commando? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Just, uh, uh, just uh, him uh, and Christopher uh, Lloyd and him just in the like in the uh, in the like the driveway just strutting and go woo yeah gotta get my spaceship back and all this here that'd be hilarious. Uh, anyway, uh, I idea think for a sequel. No point in really dwelling on this new war. Oh, I thought you meant Suburban Commando too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's true because again they seem to have gone the right of. Uh, of how WCW did was they took a lot of the WWE slash F's in such a short period of yeah, time yeah but they took a lot of their old talent and there's no place for Kevin Nash and Scott Hall who you know like gets arrested yeah, and Jeff Hardy gets arrested and I know. think it's fair to say Waltman was gone and now Hall will no doubt be gone well that's good recently as well because of his arrest a couple of weeks ago but uh TNA, it's the age-old thing. You need to focus on your own talent to have a unique product. Exactly. Time will tell, but... Fingers crossed. Anyway, we will get back to the original and far better war and talk about the key people and individuals involved with uh, the promotions. We will start by talking about the big kahunas with each company in ownership and uh, figureship, so to say. That is obviously Eric Bischoff for WCW Mm -hmm. and Vincent Kennedy McMahon for the World Wrestling Federation. Okay. Eric Bischoff first, Chris. Mr. Dyed Hair. What about him? (laughs) A master technician in stealing talent. Well, yeah, but I mean, it says in the DVD that he had no, he did not want to take Lex Luger. The only reason he took him was because Sting, Sting was a good friend of Lex Luger's, and obviously Sting was a top talent then, you know, probably one of the only WCW guys never to compete in WWE, Mm. which is a shame because the Sting-Undertaker feud would have been some serious business. It would have been a perfect thing for the play of Undertaker's Supernatural and Sting in the rafters. Exactly. Um... But it's just a case of, you know, he didn't want them, he offered him a lot less money, and Lex Luger took it, you know, and in, in football or slash soccer for the Americans, um, you have a lot you have a lot of people who get, in inverted commas, tapped up, where people will phone up and, you know, say, here, you know, like, um, we want to sign you for 20 million, uh, do you want to come, blah, 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 whereas that seemed to happen a lot in the wrestling world as well, because... Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were ones who were saying to Vince, yeah, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere, don't worry, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And then WCW went, oh, here's lots of money. And, and they went, I. yeah, okay, bye. Because Hulk Hogan, you know, he was already out of the wrestling business anyway. And he was doing his movies. Yeah. But where did TNA tape? Orlando. Yeah, so Disney. Disney as well. Yeah, yeah. and then WCW started in Disney. Disney, yeah. yeah. Where Hulk Hogan had his big welcome period. Exactly, yeah. Um, Which uh, will go down in history. Yeah, but it's just a case of, you know, obviously the talents there, TNA, the likes of, say, Shelton Benjamin and Mickey James, and, 
you know, a few others um, who have been released, obviously they'll s- snap them up because he, they're younger. Bischoff, he does have, he has the eye for talent, like, there's no doubts there. Well, he has the eye for talent, but then but it's a case of whether, right how he right uses time. him. Mm-hmm. Because you look at WCW, and we'll get in this later on, you look at the likes of Chris Jericho, and you look at the likes of Eddie Guerrero, and people like that, who weren't really pushed. Yeah. You know, so... And he never really took an advantage of Ric Flair. He only used Ric Flair That's if and when he thing needed. That's annoyed Ric Flair. Oh yeah, because um, in the DVD he said Ric Flair says that he may be a legend in some people's eyes, but never in Eric Bischoff's yeah, eyes. Yeah, because Ric Flair in WCW is basically the walkover boy for everybody who was a big name and new. Yeah. Because Hogan walked over and Randy Savage walked over. Him. I think Piper may have. Uh, I don't know. Unbelievable when you think about it. Uh, unbelievable, brother. On the flip side, you had the actual, and it's weird saying this nowadays, the underdog in Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Another genius when it comes to business, not even the wrestling business, just business, well, except for the XFL. But Yeah, but then they, the thing is, is that they charge for tickets, whereas WCW, remember whenever like um, DX were invading, uh, WCW yes, and then yes. it's just like how do you get you know, t- your tickets oh I got them for free yeah uh, which is what TNA do they give them away for free because it's part of like the theme park um, whereas WWE would charge like I mean we've been to numerous events I've been tapings and I'm paying like 60, to 60 quid for tapings so we'll say about $130 yeah. for like a ringside seat which when it's a good product you're more than happy to pay for but yeah but it's that's the thing is that for me, it should be WWF because the last word, entertainment, it's not entertaining anymore. I don't want to see Buzz Lightyear. Oh, no, sorry. Buzz Aldrin or whoever this mega it was. Um, hosting Raw. You know, I want it to go back to the way it was. That's why the only wrestling that I actually get is from Dirt. Um, popculturenetwork.com wrestling radio he actually I'm actually surprised that he can actually talk that much about the Monday yeah. Night Raw and stuff because it is quite bad so hats off to you Mr. Dirt or, or masks, masks off, off to you I was about yeah. to say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's bad yeah. um, moving on from ownership and leadership we will go to the WCW side for talent and the three big names that have to ring true when it comes to... Oh, wait, I know Gold. this. Yeah. Goldberg. Goldberg. Well, he is... Goldberg. Goldberg. Oh, is that not the three names? Because I can't really oh. remember any other talent that they actually made. So. Yeah, well, the three names I was going to mention when it comes to uh, just making their stamp over the entire product of WCW is... Paul, Nash, Hogan, the N, W, O. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the first thing you must mention when it comes to this is the obvious, Chris. Oh, the Bash of the Beast in 1996, whenever um, it was Hall and Nash uh, with their in inverted commas mis- I'm doing a lot of inverted commas tonight mystery uh, partner mm. against I think it was Sting Luger and Macho Man Randy Savage um, to which um, they were all lying down and Hogan came out and I remember this um, Dusty Rhodes going like yeah who's scared now boy <laughs> me and my Dusty Rhodes voice 
and um, Bobby Heenan says whose side is he on he comes in rips the t-shirt and then you just see him lean against the ropes and drops a big leg on Randy Savage and I just wish that that had been whenever I was actively watching wrestling because I, I'm a huge Hogan fan and seeing something like that would have just been fantastic the only way the only thing I can now this it's nowhere near on the same level but was whenever Shawn Michaels super kicked Hulk Hogan yeah um, whenever they were teeing up their SummerSlam match I think it was in 2007 if memory serves um, that's the only time that I was sitting there just going whoa I made you sit back and go yeah. whoa yeah. but as Mean Gene says in the DVD is that, that w- that's what you want you want to be um, you want to have the surprises you want to have the shock value of I did not expect that I mean if we were I to watch more, it was more so now than ever then because Hogan had never been a bad guy He'd been in, a, mainstream, in a mainstream Yeah, at the early start product. At the early start, whenever he was with Classy Freddy Blassie, he was yeah. like a heel But whenever you saw him From nineteen, from the first Wrestlemania Up until the that first point The time he basically stepped on major TV camera Yeah, exactly um, But it means, you know, like When was the last time we actually were talking about Apart from that Monday night uh, To do with Impact yeah. When was the last time we actually, you and I or you've had a conversation with somebody like the guys at Ministry of Slam. Mm-hmm. We've had a talk about wrestling and we've said I was genuinely surprised by that and shocked yeah. by that. I can't actually remember the last time that happened. It's, it, you really can't. You really cannot think when the last time you were shocked because you can say it's the way of the internet nowadays and the way of spoilers, but in my opinion, spoilers can only ruin a product so much. Yeah. If you were to, if you were safe, here's a good example. Read the SmackDown spoilers because it's recorded on a Tuesday. You read the SmackDown spoilers. If something amazing happened on that show, that would have been a shock if you were there live, and you s- just still want to see because it'll be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. You will still go and watch that show, yeah, because you want to see it. But there's just a sheer lack nowadays of what happened during the Monday Night Wars and that was shock after shock after shock trying to one up one another yeah but there's also one word as well originality mm-hmm. you know like how many storylines so you want to say Russo <laughs> uh, you know like how many storylines or whatever have we seen that are original yeah and that you've just went I'm really you know like I'm really invested the last storyline I've been personally invested in and really enjoyed was Shawn Michaels Chris Jericho yeah was the last one but Monday Night Wars obviously you had Stone Cold Vince McMahon you had Stone Cold you know and uh, Mike Tyson of all people you had the NWO and the Four Horsemen Stone Cold times yeah, Stone Cold Rock which was just absolutely fantastic you know uh, Sting was there you know you had this person you had that person you know I was not never too not that I didn't watch WCW but maybe I didn't know a lot about it see well this is the thing for me is when I was a bonny lad, <laughs> I my well, first experience. Man? <laughs> I know I'm Scottish. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Oh, I thought you were going to go Piper's Pit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I couldn't do the great man the justice, <laughs> so I will respect him and not do it. But uh, <laughs> I first started watching wrestling with my friends, and it was WCW. So it was. I'd seen some classic, you know, WWF stuff and the like, but. My first week-on-week television show that I watched was Nitro. Because I always remember 
Um, Cartoon Network switching to TNT. Oh yeah, late yeah. night in the UK. This is back even before uh, Sky is in its current format, and that you have the big menus and you have a million channels. This was the big days of the old satellite dishes. Yeah, and it was the most awful way of satellite TV ever. But I would be, I would stay up to say half ten, eleven o'clock. Oof. Pushing the boat out there. Well, it was about, what, six or seven <laughs> so I was at this stage. So I probably shouldn't have been watching it. But Playing the point more while you were waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but the point of the matter was that uh, Cartoon Network changed to TNT. And the first program they always usually showed when they switched to TNA, TNT, even, sorry. TNA. <laughs> when they switched to TNA. When they switched to TNT was WCW. So that's where I got my interest in wrestling from in such a wide level. But then, and it's it's quite funny when you think about the story of tights turning in the Monday Night Wars, my friends coming up and saying, oh, we've seen this great new show. Well, you know, it wasn't new, obviously, yeah. but the kids at our age, it was like, oh my goodness, this show's amazing. Yeah. They said, there's this new, you know, there's this new show with Smackdown, which kind of Smackdown around that period was reasonably new. It was coming in reasonably <coughs> new. And they're like, there's just these guys, and you know, it all looks kind, of, you know, it all looks really far more extreme and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, we we're young; we never knew about ECW. Yeah, but we we're like, it looks so much better, and it's just the way that Vince McMahon geared it up to be. Is he had to outdo WCW? He mightn't have been beating him in the ratings, but he knew that in time, by having that product the way it was, it would get the fans and the ratings. Yeah. Speaking of which, the WWF side, we just mentioned it quickly, you had Austin, you had Rock, you had Taker, you had an emerging Triple H. Yeah, Bret Hart. You had Bret Hart. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. You know, that hell of a crew, it nearly reminds you a bit of like TNA, that was their talent. Yeah. That was WWF meeted talent. Austin was rejected by Bischoff when he got injured. Austin went to WWF, got took on by Ted DiBiase Sr., yeah. made the ringmaster Shawn Michaels, then was already the nature boy. But all these guys, Austin was brought in, Rock was brought in as a youngster, yeah. Taker was brought in from day one. Yeah, obviously he'd been in WCW as like Mean Mark, part of yeah. the skyscrapers. But, but it was pretty much all these guys... <coughs> were WWF homegrown guys. Yeah. Yes, you could claim WCW had Goldberg, and technically he was a WCW-grown guy, but when you look at the percentages of the roster, mm-hmm. WWF's roster was probably 90% their own. Yeah, because the likes of Jericho and Guerrero and Mysterio and... Harry you know, Saturn. <laughs> Moppy! Um, you know, they'd all been wrestling in like Mexico or Japan, so... You know, and then obviously there was somebody else, but we're not going to mention his name because we we'll just say the initials CB. Yeah, um, but you know, like they all wrestled together, and then they were all brought in, and obviously they were they weren't really taken advantage of there. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene where we see Jericho hitting the um, the ring post with a chair and saying, "I'm sick of this. I've had enough." And Eddie Guerrero's got like a cup of coffee and says, "Like Bischoff, I'll save you the time. I want out my contract and throws a coffee." At on himself, and then obviously WWF have taken the 
the time and, and like those promos to do with Jericho you know like it was just like the countdown clock yeah but then you go on like I, I'll be the first to admit I had no idea whenever Rock was standing in the ring wearing his speedos and that stupid shirt <laughs> like the tank top and Jericho came out I had no idea who he was I still think that's one of the greatest back and forth promos in Attitude Era history because Jericho was given the time hmm. to show himself it was the start of the Jericho we know and love Yeah, it was the early days of him getting the step in the door they gave him the stage to go out with their arguably biggest star exactly. at the time yeah. <laughs> it just says it all and you know fine really and Eric Bischoff has said it he never thought Eddie Guerrero Chris Jericho anybody of that sort of stature would be a star he never thought they had the personality he never just thought greatly of them and here we go how many times world champion is Chris Jericho now you've got his undisputed reigns and then you have about another five or so after that yeah so and obviously like six or seven. and obviously he's the guy who's held the IC title the most As which well. back then actually kind of meant something and actually you know? it's kind of <coughs> when he first got it back when he came back kind of gave it a bit more meaning again exactly yeah it slipped away a wee bit again mm-hmm. but it's still a case of it was a meaningful title and Jericho made that meaningful title yeah the same as Eddie Guerrero Eddie Guerrero got the Intercontinental title sure there was the whole Hullapalooza with his uh, Valet China oh, wrestler yeah. she ended up becoming the Intercontinental champion as well funny enough with Jericho yes, and all that yeah. sort of stuff so it all ties in. These guys were an integral part, I think. And they maybe weren't the biggest stars during the Attitude years, early years. But they were the ones that slowly swung the tide in the WWF's favour. Mm-hmm. So they were. But um, you kind of quickly touched on it earlier with Luger coming over to WCW. Yeah. And apart from Hogan and Savage, the next biggest story when it comes to defections is Bret Hart. Yeah. Your favourite. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Bret Hart's a great wrestler. wrestler. I thought I was going to be able to get a word in. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Wrestler (laughs) and all, but um, just the fact that watching his DVD, the man is so far up his own backside he could almost wear himself as a hat. Um, Fair enough, you know he's entitled to his opinion and stuff. But I've, I, I like the guy. I like the guy as a wrestler, just not personally as you know thinking he's brilliant and all it that. It is paper. actually quite weird thinking about it. But I personally think if Bret Hart came along now, he wouldn't have made it because he didn't. He doesn't. He has the passion, but he just doesn't have that he's extra not, stage of charisma. He's for not Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He doesn't, for me, have it in the voice. Yeah, I know you could say that nowadays, but he's always saying no, no, the no, same. but no, but you could have Shawn Michaels come along in any stage of wrestling, and Shawn Michaels would have made it yeah. because he has the cockiness, he has the charisma, he has the talent. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bret Hart was very, Bret Hart was very monotone. You know, like I like to thank all my fans in Germany for coming out and doing that. Yeah, so what? You know, people out there will be Bret Hart fans. They'll probably go like, oh, you're hating a Bret Hart. Yeah. But then Hulk Hogan's not the greatest wrestler. But then he'll you have... hold your hands up to that. Yeah. But he does some of the best promos and stuff. Mm-hmm. He actually talks and 
you actually are sitting there going... And it's actually the, the same thing I will openly admit, is me and Chris aren't... We just aren't John Cena fans. No. But we have to admit, his promos are enthusiastic, they have emotion behind them, and it gets the crowd involved. Yeah. And that is the key point, is he is this generation's Hogan. Mm-hmm. He's... You could say, obviously, he isn't as big as Hogan, or probably will never be, <coughs> but the fact of the matter is, it was a bit like Rock, his mouth got him to the top. But that's the thing that WWE kind of, for me, kind of missed the boat with, with Mr. Kennedy, because that guy is just absolute gold on the microphone. Yeah, and you've seen him, it's, 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 I think the thing with Kennedy was, with WWE, was with them slowly when he came in they were still just holding on to old attitude uh, you know ways but as his tenure in WWE progressed it got more and more towards the PG yeah. so I think that restricted what he could say whereas you see now in TNA mm. he goes out and says what he wants Yeah. sure he's now calling his fans and his you know baby faced her and Anderson's a-holes <laughs> so it's kind of just you wouldn't have seen that ever. No. But that's the big thing, is the whole thing with Brett is it was it's a huge deal. You can't you can't deny the fact. You're either in the Vince screw Brett or Brett screw Brett. Yeah. You're either in one or the other. And, well, <laughs> I won't get into the argument. I won't get into the argument. No, because we don't have enough time. <laughs> we don't have enough time. No. We, could hold, we could devote an entire episode to this debate because you would just go round in circles on it. But the key point of it is that Brett ended up switching sides to WCW for a whole lot of money that he didn't even think he was going to get. No, and the only thing that he did there worthwhile was his Goldberg feud. Whenever Goldberg spared him and he wore the metal like plate under mm. very Marty McFly and Back to the Future 3. Very, yeah. Yeah. Um, that there. Um, but Vince even says that he was scared that um, WCW wouldn't know what to do with him and they didn't. Yeah. You know, they had uh, that. It was, it, was was again, it was again the argument with Bischoff. Bischoff knows talent, but did he really need him? No. That's the thing. So, it's a sad point, but ugh, who, who cares now, anyway? It's, <laughs> it's just bread at the end of the day. I want to get flamed some shit <laughs> for that comment. I Episode 7 I, will I have like two <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I didn't mean it to sound that rough. But <laughs> He's just reading what um, the next question is. Move along, Alan, quickly. The NWO. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Duffman can't breathe. <laughs> for life, for life. <laughs> Obviously, it started out with Hogan, Nash, and Hall, and then just grew, and yeah. grew, and grew, and then divided. Andrew. Yeah, I mean, obviously you could add the giant or slash big show into that. Well, it's the big show. Indeed. Um, th- that would be the time where, for you know, the NWO meant something, but then you had DiBiase in it, and you had, X, you know, we had Six Pack, and then you had, Perf- you know, Kurt Henning, and then you had this guy, and then you had that guy. Yeah, you and had, had DiBiase Sr., and then you had yeah. Virgil under the name of Vincent. Yeah. So, and then he had Sting for like about a week, <laughs> and then he joined Horseman for like about a day. 
you know, so... Um, Singh has a way of doing this, doesn't he? Exactly. But, yeah, it was just one of those things that DX had, um, you know, like, had, like, the New Age Outlaws, and then had X-Pac in it. Because this was kind of the thing, and that was kind of the next point I was going to mention, was WWF pushed the envelope with Austin, but more than anything, DX... The shows nearly came down to, and the kind of reason you'll have noticed in the music going into this segment that we made was the Attitude Era music going into the DX music, then morphing into the NWO music. Yeah. The whole kind of thing with Monday Night Wars was these two groups yeah. trying to be the most dominant group in kind of wrestling, because as Chris mentioned, DX went and tried and invade in exactly. WCW yeah. show. It's a case of, it was just a tit-for-tat argument between the two, effectively. Each was trying to one-up, do the more extreme thing from week to week. Yeah, but uh, to be honest with you, you could probably see that DX did more than the NWO did. The NWO was more like a hostile takeover kind of thing, whereas it wasn't really a faction or group that... Mm -hmm. You know, there was like whenever the the McMahon Helmsley era, and it was still DX, and then mm-hmm. obviously they all interfered, and um, at that point, Big Show was champ, and then uh, Triple H won the belt from him, and um, down the sides of the Titan Tron, where it says like Raw, and it used to say War, it had like a picture of Triple H and a picture of Stephanie, mm-hmm. you know, so stuff like that. But for me, and NWO was good, but it was only good whenever I had four members, and I'm yeah. holding up my hand with Ring four, as in like the four horsemen, yes. who unfortunately were criminally underused. Because this is the thing, and when you think back in wrestling, some of the greatest groups in wrestling have had four people in them. Yeah, four so horsemen. Have. Yeah. You should claim evolution, evolution to be part of that, but... Uh, big point I want to focus on is uh, and it's been considered the point where WCW realised it was going down the pot a bit Mm -hmm. and that was the giving away of results live on television yeah like when he says about my favourite wrestler yeah Mick Foley sorry not Mick Foley fan either Um, (laughs) hey we're all entitled to our opinions people like Mick Foley I just I used to like him, <coughs> but then he's a kind of done a Ric Flair. It's like I've retired. No, I have. Um, so yeah, and then uh, Tony Giovanni saying uh, Mick, Fo- you know, like Mankind, who also wrestled here as Cactus Jack, has won the WWF Championship. But he goes, huh, I'll put the butt in the seats. It's just yeah. like that's whenever it kind of and o- obviously the fact as well that Eric Bischoff thought he was the dog's Not Zach. Yep. And, um, you know, like Jericho said, he came into the ring on a bike and said, oh, it feels great to be king, and the next week, um, they had lost the ratings. Yeah. But I think it was, well, that, you know, obviously he had, um, as we were talking about earlier, you know, like Austin and all that stuff, whereas I don't think WCW had enough talent to really keep going so long and then obviously there was the takeover in when was it 2001 yeah whenever Shane bought them over um which is sad you know because obviously we waited a long time TNA's been around for what seven odd years Mm -hmm. so we've been waiting a long time for another 
war which happened for a couple of weeks and then I think they just couldn't compete with them at all and you mentioned the takeover 2001 um, we have to discuss the fact of who went where who got kept who was used because there's a whole thing in the invasion about what was it was it the last what was it the last portion of Raw became WCW Nitro and all that what? Oh yes, oh yeah, you mean like the multicast? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I mean, you had the likes of Booker T who appeared and he was with Shane and they had DDP feuding with Undertaker. Rey Mysterio didn't appear for quite some time. Sting obviously didn't go. Rey actually completely just didn't be involved. He came in right at the end just as it finished. So yeah, and it was the same with like, uh, Cha- uh, you know, like you had the likes of Chavo was there. I'm trying to think of whenever, you know, like Austin had all those people whenever they did the... the you were you had your invasion which was about in March time and then you had the Survivor Series was whenever it was the winner take all. W- w- winner take yes. all. Um, but we'll probably discuss some of that uh, at another juncture another time, yeah. uh, because we'll be rabbiting on for quite a bit and we'll want to get the other subjects too and not hopefully bore to round, uh, to round this off uh, it was obviously good for the industry which is what made it annoying that the recent war didn't work mm. what do you think about take TNA apart from the age old thing of use your own talent to get us back to another war smarter programming don't be given us as much as I love Hogan whenever I watch TNA I know the first thing I'll see will be Hulk Hogan coming out and then he'll be talking about something the thing I found with recent TNA stuff is show always starts either Hogan AJ Jeff, Jeff Hardy RVD at the moment mm. they're the big names and then usually first segment usually ends up involving all of them because yeah. they always end up coming out yeah but stop, stop giving us well, one thing I always yearn for is different feuds. Mm-hmm. I want to see like beer money so, fighting somebody else. I, I think one of the most original characters at the moment is Matt Morgan. This this whole his he's referring to himself in the plural. Yeah, it's different. It's different. We haven't seen it. I have never ever seen that when watching wrestling. Mm. People could say, "Well, he's acting up, the, you know, up the left," but it's that's the sort of thing you need just to make it that wee bit different. Yeah. People condemn me for this if I say it, but 99% will probably agree is the Orlando Jordan character. The Arguably the reason uh, Chris Canyon committed suicide, because Chris Canyon wanted to have gays portrayed well within the wrestling mm. industry. He wanted to be a gay character on TV that was a good wrestler, and that was it. He was just yeah. gay on the side. You know, yeah. it was... That wasn't the key point to him. It's a more. It's like I can't remember why I heard it. It's more like a more extreme Goldust. Yeah, it's the case of TNA is having that character for the wrong reasons. Yeah, they want controversy, and it's Eric Bischoff who's the major supporter of it. But we'll just have to keep waiting and seeing. Yeah, the war will return one day, hopefully. But uh, I think we'll be a bit older. <laughs> yeah, a little bit older, but. Um whether we still have the same people turn out and amount to merchandise as John Cena does but anyway <laughs> anyway I think we'll knock that in the head go to our break and come back with uh, one of the world's most popular cartoons that is 
Roger Rabbit. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Thundercats there. Because no. <laughs> he didn't tie in the film at all. But John Cena did a film called The Marine, which is rubbish, whereas Who from Roger Rabbit was a film, but it was better. <laughs> that is one of the worst tie-ins ever. You're just like, that worst movie, best movie. But we'll see you after the break, and we'll have a good laugh with Roger Rabbit and uh, Mr. Hoskins. I need to get your voice out of my head Cause I'm the guy you'll never find I think you know all of the rules There's no expressions on your face I hope that someday you will let me go Release me from my dirty Hi, my name is James Etook and you're listening to Operation Retro Shock which covers all things retro, much like Serial Geek magazine Head over to SerialGeek.com to buy the glossy magazine dedicated to the cartoons of the 80s, like He-Man, She-Ra, Transformers, Thundercats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc., etc. This is the tale of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit and a down-and-out private detective. Stay Named Eddie Valiant. Booga booga! Every moment they were together ah! was a new adventure in trouble. Hide me, Eddie! Please! It's a motion picture about friendship. Please, Eddie! Don't tell me I'd be making a big mistake! Love. <laughs> Compassion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I yanked your ears. All the time you yanked my ears? Murder. Marvin Acme. A rabbit cacked him last night. Remember, you never saw me. And violence. <laughs> Tunes gets him every time. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be. Got a thing for rabbits. Huh? I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckisville. We Tunes may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Welcome back, folks. Nickelodeon! <laughs> that was uh, me going in the lovely style of the piglet. <laughs> the little piglet. No, porky pig, you know, piglet. Yeah, the little pig. Yeah, he's not he, piglet. He's a little pig. I like the piglet. <laughs> God, you're weird. <laughs> uh, dear, well, piglet was a character in Disney, but uh, I wasn't referring to that piglet, of course. It was porky pig. <laughs> Um, yeah, random start to our Hugh Free and Roger Rabbit segment, but uh, <coughs> you wouldn't love us if we weren't random. You probably don't love us anyway. <laughs> That's true as well. Um, Roger Rabbit, the legend that is, and another one of my favourite movies. Uh, surprise, surprise, like I said earlier, same director as Back to the Future, Yeah. same producer. Yeah, and I had some other guy in it, he was in Back to the Future. Mm, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> random. I don't know. Yeah, I'm talking about Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Yes, yes. Straight out the cuckoo's nest. Do you don't know who's in that? Yeah, and he was on one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Caca. <laughs> Dear. Not, you want to say what are you in? God. 
alive. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give over. I'll give over. <laughs> I Chris, what is your earliest memory of this movie? Uh, watching it. <laughs> my earliest memory of this movie was my mother was having an operation and my dad it was on a Sunday and normally we would have proper Sunday dinner you know like roast yes. beef all the time you know something like that and uh, either dad A didn't want to cook something or B couldn't be bothered cooking something so I, either way it was kind A or B yeah <laughs> so it was, we'll go with Ab for that um so he went down and got we went down and rented out a video so uh, my sister and I chose that and we had burgers and chips and sat down and watched that and that's what yeah, I remember exactly. yep and it was a really good film one that uh, whenever it came out in DVD um, the UK release was wafer thin there was like no extras yeah, on it whatsoever really so uh, I actually imported the American um, version because it had two discs and it has mm. a lovely like notepad with it but it has like pictures of the characters you yes. know like Roger the baby Jessica Rabbit Eddie Valiant you know and all that kind of thing so what about you what are your earliest memories were Earliest. you playing your Game Boy Advance and playing Pokemon? <laughs> Staying up late to watch wrestling that night? I'm never going to get over this, ladies and gentlemen. He's never going to let me away with it. What? Well, can I just tell them before I say my memory that uh, because we did the Pokemon episode, I became kind of quite obsessed again. With quite obsessed? With watching Pokemon. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll do this in the outro. We'll touch on this okay. later. Um, this is dedicated to Roger Rabbit, not Pokemon. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, my earliest memory when it comes to... Roger uh, Rabbit. Yes, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Mr. Bot. In. <laughs> Mr. Bot. In. in. I thought you were going to call me Butthead or something. Uh, uh, Butthead was the character in The Adventures of He-Man, which was Master Universe. Zip. <laughs> uh, earliest memory was watching, I think, my sister had just got out of hospital at one stage and she would always take these ideas she would have a favourite movie for like such a long period of time uh-huh. so she would and she would like nearly <coughs> watch it every other day at least oh, well, that's kids for sort of thing and uh, it was because she just got out of hospital and it was later than the DVD really no sorry it was later than the VHS release and I remember mum just bringing it home one day and us watching it and you know I just decided well my sister's just home from hospital I'll make the effort to spend some time with her mm-hmm. sort of thing and I sat down and watched the movie and absolutely loved it um cause obviously Roger Rabbit's made up for this specific movie and all that sort of yeah. Um and I was like I've never heard of this guy because you're kind of like that at that sort of age you're just like well, I haven't heard of this guy so why should I care yeah unless it's based on something TV related sometimes mm-hmm. you don't really take an interest in it yeah, yeah. exactly but I sat down and watched it and uh, the thing that started me enjoying it was the whole thing with Hoskins when he had his first meeting with the head of uh the studio, yeah, and he's walking down the steps, and you just see the see the large variety of cartoon characters, because mm-hmm. obviously Hoskins' first encounter you see in the movie, um, with what would be considered a really big cartoon store was Dumbo, yeah, and that was the first start of this is going to segue us nicely into the next part is the involvement in this movie between. 
both Disney and Warner Brothers characters. Oh yeah, but they had to have it that they had to do it in such a way. The script had to be done in such yeah, a way. This was that hectic. It had to be the same amount of dialogue altogether. So at the end of the movie, you had say Warner Brothers had 160 words, mm-hmm. and then Disney had to have 160 words because you're not discriminating against one so or the, the other. Biggest, the biggest part of this movie that uh, made that aim complicated was the piano and then the club between Daffy and Donald and Donald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they were gibbering away, sort of thing, and Disney were trying to argue. Well, technically, Donald isn't saying words; he's just, you know, doing his usual flustered, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, random words just flying out everywhere. So he can have he can mutter away the entire segment, whereas Warner Brothers weren't having it, <laughs> saying, you know, these are technically words. Cause, you know, him and Daffy were having a back and forward argument while they were doing firing the cannonballs out of. You know the pianos yeah. and the like, and then at the end of it as well, whenever they're Rogers reading the letter, yes, uh, and, and then have you have like Mickey and Goofy, stuff. and then you have other characters. So then they have to, you know, it must have been really tricky to do. I know because you had Mickey at the <clears throat> final thing, you had Minnie, you had Goofy, you had all those, and then you had Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, just absolutely everybody under the sun for the final thing. So how quite literally, <laughs> the the amount of time must have been spent trying to. Count up these words. Yeah, because this would have been, this would have been like in, like nineteen eighty eight thereabouts. It was it was done between some of the Back to the Futures, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's it's before we had you know computers, so you you can't do a word count or anything like that. Incidentally, um, one of my upcoming interviews on Chronicles is with Tom Sado, who actually worked on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I I I want to meet this man. No, I've already spoken to him. He was cool dude. No fair, he should have got me involved. No. <laughs> um, another character that has become notorious from this movie, which was mentioned earlier, again specifically designed for it, is uh, the wife of Roger Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, is that mm-hmm, like as a mm-hmm? <laughs> oh, well, come on. Or mm, as an mm-hmm. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> I mean, have you seen her? As she says, she's not She's not wicked, she's just drawn that way. Yes. You know, which is just perfectly, you know, done. But I think it was just a case of maybe they'd done that in such a way that they knew that the parents would have to take... So they had to have, like, that kind of risque el- yes. element. You know, because it's very much, you know, she's she could have maybe... You know, a wonky eye on the other side because you never see I don't think you really see Aye, her the with the both eyes you know like it's always the hair is dripped over the eyes but fair enough she was a, a great um, great character you know drawn and it's just um, whenever you say who from Roger Rabbit that's the first thing that will spring to mind will be Jessica Rabbit well for most men well for <laughs> yeah yeah but that's it's like you say with the uh, whole idea of having it a bit risque and parents are going to be taking their kids to see it at the time it happens a lot more now in recent movies because um, my first kind of real experience of starting to pick up on things that have been put in kiddie movies Mm -hmm. to entertain the adults who have taken them was with Toy Story yeah where there was all these hints that you know Woody and Bo Peep and blah 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 blah. but enough about that is 
the fact of the dads will be sitting in the cinema and just be like, hmm, I'm glad I came to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of the next kind of big character who is not drawn, not drawn for a change, and the man deserves great commendation for his work in this movie is Bob Hoskins. Sure he went nuts after it. Effectively, it, yeah. Yeah, but he was picturing rabbits everywhere because they didn't have... They obviously had the guy, I can't remember his name, who voiced Roger Rabbit. Yes. Uh, but they had him dressed up very much like they did in The Phantom Menace where Ahmed Best was dressed up as Jar Jar. Yeah. So then they would know where to put him and, you know, what the drama is and, you know, kind of look at his facial expressions, all that stuff. Because yes. <clears throat> obviously this is before we had CGI and again this is yeah. all, se- you know, probably all cell animation so that's going to take an inordinate amount of time to actually do. But... um it was the case of he he went nuts after he suffered like a major breakdown. Really, it really hit him hard. Like yeah, it did, yeah. Um, you have to admit it probably would hit. Uh, I know a lot of movies nowadays, more than anything, involve CGI. And yeah. Like the biggest one today, that obviously everybody would mention would be the likes of Avatar and Transformers. These are all movies yeah. that Episode three, actors Star are trying Wars. to actors are trying to look. At these some thirty foot high robots or something, exactly, yeah, and trying to act convincingly, it's expected nowadays. But back when this movie came out, the likes of Bob Hoskins, who was a really big actor in the terms of old style British productions, you know, your kind of classical Shakespeare's and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he was used to proper acting with a person in front of him, like so he was getting this sudden impact of having to act air exactly but then you've got your props as well because there, don't forget there's that scene wherever he has to picture the weasels coming in yes. and he's washing his socks and Roger's, Roger's in the basin yeah. and then he has to go like that he has to lift his hands up in the air for Roger to come up then put it down again while he's got like a handcuff yeah. on <coughs> because you see the gun floating you know, that somebody, it's almost like puppeteering. You'll see somebody with a string and they're yeah. dangling the, the gun along and he's got a handcuff that's actually sticking from his right wrist outwards mm-hmm. because that's meant to be where Roger's got his hand in. Yeah. So it must have been a real, real nightmare to act. But whenever you look at the final product, yeah. I'm sure like whenever he looks back at it, uh, I'm sure he thinks it's worthwhile. Yeah, it'll be fond memories for him. Like, yeah. Because... It still has to be considered one of his biggest movies. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, I think we've kind of touched on this slightly, but the whole idea of what we liked about the movie with the whole dynamic of having the actors and the cartoons because it hadn't really be se- been seen. But also for me, what I liked about it was it wasn't... They didn't just take the easy route and have it in modern day... No. They had it back in a time in San Francisco where things were changing and everything was just reaching <clears> that point where it was they were trying to modernise because there was the whole thing about uh, the tram station near where yeah. Eddie Valiant lived was getting bought over and then there was going to be this supposed, what they would call an expressway. <laughs> yeah, no one exactly. had ever heard of this, yeah. which is a motorway here in the UK. Nobody had heard of these things. And it's just all the wee kind of ideas of... Well, we'll put this in. This could be part of the plot. Mm-hmm. 
and using using the time period perfectly because I th- another thing I loved about it was and uh, you'd never get away with it now in society you'd be straight to jail was um, Eddie walks up to the conductor on the tram having got part of his check for the first job yeah. from the head of the studio and he shows him a, you know to try and get on the tram and he says what do I look like a bank mm-hmm. so Eddie has to run along and he hops on the back of the tram with a pile of kids sort yes. of thing yeah it's just the simple things and you're like goodness that's a lot more simpler times and it just adds to it yeah like whenever they're sitting in the cinema and Roger's watching Goofy because it's like the cartoon Goofy what a guy he's watching the cartoon before the main feature Uh, but yeah the only other um, the only other film that I can remember that you see like animation and people um, would be Mary Poppins yeah. But even then, it was just like it was just like we penguins. It wasn't yes. done on the scale that Who Framed Roger Rabbit was, you know, because obviously you have um, you have your main characters like Roger and Jessica, and you have the weasels, but you also have Benny the Cab, which Benny was awesome. which again is a nightmare because they've obviously had like a re- like a small like outer exactly, and then. There's that sketch whenever they're going down the alleyway and the two cars are coming mm-hmm. either way. Yeah, so he has to go up. Yeah, and then his wheels extend so he levitates up and then they go they go on. Mm-hmm. You know, so the thing like that and then whenever Christopher Lloyd, you know, turns into a cartoon character in essence, you know, yeah. towards the end of it. But just some of that stuff is just it's just superbly done. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those films that you can watch it now, and it it'll look it, it still looks as fresh now as it did. Yeah. Like what some, what's scary? Like some twenty years ago. Just over twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like um, and this is the thing is because it had such an impact on a generation of young people and kids, is why the rumblings have started to begin now. And it's like I mentioned, I mentioned Toy Story just a wee while ago. Toy Story three is coming out this summer. There's rumblings of Roger Rabbit too. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting the feeling of nostalgia recently. Cause oh yeah, you've had it these past few years as well with the likes of Die Hard Four. Yeah, and uh, Rocky as well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have, has wanted to go back to the things they love and the characters they love. Yeah, because they're meant to be making a lethal weapon five. Mm-hmm. So everything's just. Uh, Getting redone at the minute, not in the sense of uh, rework, but just going back to the people. Yeah, because sure, they brought out a GI Joe film. Yeah, you know, so there's something from back in the day. But uh, when it comes to Roger Rabbit, it would be interesting to see how they would do a sequel, as in what way they would do the whole interactions between the characters and all that sort of stuff, and how they would work. Like, so you were saying with the floating gun mm-hmm. aspect, would that be CGI now, or what they would do? More than likely, end up. A good bit of CGI. I think it would be. But there's part of me that would like to think that if it, you know, Roger, uh, Robert Zemeckis um, was to be still in charge of it completely, that he would try and maintain being faithful to the original. I th- but nowadays, I would nearly think that um, money would be an issue. And that it would nearly cost more to try and do it like the old way. I think if you were, you would be crazy to do it the old way because not even Disney, you, you I know, think like the little would be a bit judgmental. The Little Mermaid was the last Disney film that was done by Cell Animation. Mm-hmm. You're going to make a hell of a lot of work for people. Too much work if you're not going to do CGI. 
So I think they'll be doing it that way, but they'll be keeping the cartoony kind of element. I don't think you would expect them, Roger Rabbit, to look like an Avatar character or yeah. you know so, something like that. He will be, he would be cartoony. But then, what's the premise? What would you do? Would you do Roger well, and this Jessica? Is, this is like the thing I was going to say was, would you like it to be a prequel, or would you like it to be an actual sequel? Do you think it would be the right way? forward or to go back well the best thing for you to do would be to do maybe a story of how Roger met Jessica well see this is the thing that that's the reason why I was asking and it's interesting that you've said that is the rumblings for years there was obviously there was rumblings of a sequel as there always is with a load of popular movies you know maybe a year or two after the movie initially came out mm-hmm. and Robert Zemeckis had said in an interview recently that the initial plan that they wanted to do for Roger Rabbit 2 was to do a prequel and it would be a case of how Roger became a star, how he was discovered and then eventually how he met Jessica. Yeah. How they became the not well, you could say cartoon showbiz couple mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um which I think would be a very interesting thing to do because it would be weird to see where Roger had his origins in cartoons and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But um it kept getting delayed and delayed, but now it's been hinted at the fact that because things are a bit more easy to get through the movies nowadays because the movie companies want to get more money that they would consider doing it again. Well, that's the thing with the internet, is just you always get like a large spat yeah. of rumours and you'll always yeah. get them around one time and then it'll be a case of, you know, like it'll not happen or they'll leave it for a while, but... <sighs> I don't know if they make it great, but yeah, it's not. We love the original, but it's a case of if they make one, you'll go see it for sure. But uh, if they don't, you won't lose sleep. No, exactly, exactly. Um, the big thing for uh, Roger Rabbit's history is the fact that uh, was a wa- Oscar winner. It was yeah. an Oscar winner mm-hmm. in 1988. Um, it got uh, best uh, film editing, best sound effect editing, best visual effects, which would have been a given. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All things considered. <clears throat> it's a big achievement for animation and led, I feel personally, for animation getting its own award in more recent Oscars because you always have an award now at the Oscars that contains the likes of the latest Pixar movie or the latest DreamWorks movie or Spirited Away which one won exactly Mm -hmm. you know you always have the Pixar movie say for example Cars or Monsters Inc or something like that up they're the big ones in there and DreamWorks had Shrek and all that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff in there they're all they've that's pretty much thanks to the likes of Roger Rabbit leading the way for Toy Story and then Toy Story brought it to another level yeah but going back to what you said about the whole gun thing that is the key point for it getting these awards is I saw in some of the special features obviously you were saying about the gun was hovered kind of by string mm-hmm. but there's some other parts where you saw uh, the bit where Rogers snuck into Eddie Valiant's office and you see Eddie 
is near his on his dead brother's desk. Yeah. And his dead brother's side's all cov- covered in dust. Yes, and then the fingerprints and are the on it. And the chair spins yeah. around mm-hmm. and there's fingerprints and he goes to lift stuff up and all. And that was all just done by a wee miniature homemade robot <laughs> sort of thing. And they actually drew the animation around the robot. And that's how you got the effect for that. People would never think no. to do that nowadays. No. But back then they actually put the effort into using these machines and then going and having to make sure that in each cell the wee machine was covered yeah. by the cartoon. It absolutely baffles me to this day when I still see it. And it's such a thing to be commended, hence why it got the Oscars. Exactly, exactly, because you would never have known that. It, it could have just looked like... It could have almost looked like somebody had shot all the live stuff with uh, Bob Hoskins and then just drew Roger Rabbit and the characters on top of it because yeah. it just fitted in so well I mean like whenever um, he's, he's uh, Bob Hoskins Eddie Valiant's going to the bar and he's wearing like the overcoat and Roger's yeah. inside it and then he's like you know he's trying to push it back in and all that stuff yeah. you know some of the things it's just like the little touches or like whenever Roger um go through the window and you see the bit, a huge outline yeah, of the window and you think how the hell did they manage that exactly like some that? of this stuff is fantastic and that's why we're covering covering it is because it's one of those films that just um, it really captured your imagination because it was the first time you'd really seen a live action film crossed with a cartoon and that's and that that is that's the point is you loved, you grew up with these cartoon characters. Yeah. You grew up with the likes of Mickey Mouse, you grew up with Goofy, you grew up with Donald Duck, you grew up with Daffy, you grew up with everyone. And then to see them all in one movie is amazing. And then you throw human real life characters into the mix. Yeah. It was an absolutely winning formula, so it was. And to go to your last point for Roger Rabbit. Is there a favourite moment in it you have that you think will... Obviously, it's just over 20 years since it was released. That people will who see it now as kids will end up remembering and keeping you know, the memory going. Is there a point you think in that movie that will capture their imaginations for the next generation? Well, obviously, you're going to say the first time you see Jessica Rabbit. The first time that you see him sitting down at Betty, Betty Boop or... Betty yeah, Boop, Boop. Uh, comes over and talks to him because young kids are going to be like who is this person and then says you know like oh what have you been doing oh I've been working this blah 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 but she's drawn in black and white mm-hmm. which is really nice and then where the curtain is the mu- the lights go down and you just see the leg coming out oh, yeah. and the, the um, then she just comes out and starts singing I've had that song stuck in my head all day since I was I doing the notes for this in the background at some point yeah um, but that there and probably the part as well for some reason it just sticks in my mind whenever he um, Eddie's like falling down from like a really high building With and Mickey Mouse and, and Bugs Bunny and he goes like uh, here's a parachute and it's just like a wheel he goes ah and then falls down but just stuff like that there's so many little things you could say about it but obviously the end part wherever you see all the characters mm-hmm. all singing and you see Toontown in the background and all that stuff but um, it would probably be the Jessica Rabbit stuff for you yeah for me it was uh, and as everybody will have realised in the last episode that I'm a big car fan I loved Benny, uh-huh. because I was just like at that age when I saw it, I was like, 
I want a car like that. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna happen. But you would love a car with that because he had all these buttons and switches on his dash yeah. for you know the extendable wheels going up and all that sort of stuff. You must have loved it. Did you ever watch Wacky Races whenever you were a kid? Oh, yes. Oh, we'll oh, definitely yes. be covering that yes, at some stage. Yes, 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 yes. But, uh, again, for me, there was a, the bit where you see when Eddie goes to the crime scene the first time and the guys go hey didn't you used to be Eddie Valiant yeah and they start messing about with all the Acme toys uh-huh. you know, all the stuff you'd expect to see yeah like the, the, the hammer wi- like in a Wile E. Coyote yeah. and mm-hmm. Roadrunner TV show and they have the hammer with the fist coming out of it and then they have the black hole that comes yes, on the yeah. wall and he puts his fist into it and I was just that blew my mind because I was like you know you're like that's a cartoon thing and he's in his fist and his hands disappearing <laughs> into this wall and I'm just like well, where's going because there was actually a thing I remember when I went to um, Disney and all the studios at one point when I was over um, when I was really young and there was a part of the park was Roger Rabbit dedicated so it's time oh, yeah. I went over and it was probably about 94, 95 so it was about 5 or plus years since Roger Rabbit mm-hmm. you know, was in the cinema but they still had a section and they actually had like a black hole thing it was only like um, a rubber silhouette on the wall but you could actually stick your hand through it so you could and uh, it was just the random things it was just it was a brick wall through yeah. But it was the whole idea you could get like your picture taken and be all <laughs> funny and laughing. So it's that sort of a thing that for me stands out and even now's, uh, nowadays uh, demanding kids and what they want for their entertainment would still make a lasting impact. True, true. But uh, speaking of lasting impact... <laughs> We're going to talk about TNA Impact on the <laughs> PlayStation 3. It takes 15 minutes to install. No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're... We're going to go from one species of an animal to a whole cat-like. Very good. I will accept that one. (laughs) Yay! I I will accept accept that one. Of course, he is talking about the Thundercats. Yes, and Mumra and so on. Mumra. I'm going to... (laughs) Wicked. I'm doing voices again. But, uh... We will go to the break, let you have a wee bit of listen to some Thundercats orientated stuff. Yes. The music and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we shall come back and discuss the ways of Thundercats. <laughs> the ways of the Force. <laughs> See you after the break. Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vint and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network.
Welcome back from the break, everyone. And uh, me and Chris are very happy to report that we have just looked outside and there is no Thundercat symbol. So, what does that mean, Chris? Uh, it means Lionel doesn't need us. And that means we can go ahead and review or go through the history and our feelings towards Thundercats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a weird voice. I just expect to say Thundercats and they were oh, or Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. <laughs> uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is the biggest Thundercats fan in this world. So is Lita. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> Um, we shall not explain this situation because there may be children listening. Uh, not that that's really helped with what some of the other things we've said in the episode, but enough. Um, as everybody will have heard during the break, the audio for the opening title sequence. <laughs> opening title! Go now! <laughs> opening title. Um, is this a memory that you feel people would hold the fondest in their hearts when it comes to Thunder? Yes. I thought you might say that, because it's the same for me, obviously. Yeah, because you can't really have, um, you can't, obviously you have a lot of cartoons in the 80s that have epic, um, intros and stuff, but then you have ones that, as soon as you hear that, and I'll go to play it here. See, that just hits you. So it does. I'll turn that off now. It really um, is. It just hits you up the face and says, "You're going to watch me now." Yeah, but <laughs> it's something that, as soon as you hear it, you automatically know what it is. You see a Thundercats emblem, which and the sparkle, you know. The yeah, and then you just see all up. the characters. You know, you'll see like Snarf and Panthro and <laughs> that was quite worrying. <laughs> Wily Kit and Wily Cat and Chitara and stuff. But for me, um, the music is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I can't remember what what it was with um, but getting the music the background music for it was an absolute joy because getting to hear like the the music again um, yeah. was just absolutely fantastic and just going yeah that's Chitara's theme that's Panther's theme you know because you would hear Chitara's theme whenever she's yeah. running or Panther whenever he's in the Thunder Tank and but that's again that's just thinking about what the power music has when it is involved with be it a TV show or a movie yeah is that if you hear a certain piece of music that's involved with maybe a part of the show or a part of the movie your head automatically starts to replay mm-hmm. that memory and yeah. you see the character running or True. you know various other things speaking of the characters which you just reeled off a hell load off there just oh I can't go through more if you want I will, I will time you 30 seconds now <laughs> um, well you anyway. have Lionel Panthro Panthro uh, Tigra Wiley Kit Chitara uh, then you have Jaga Linkso Pomara Bengali Mumra Slythe Jackalman um, Monkeyan Rotaro and Vulturman I regret asking Sam and Hachiman as well and um, there's a cat Captain, I can't remember his name. Captain Cat? <laughs> no, no. I know. Okay. He's, in, he's in the film. Oh, that'll bug me now. Captain Film Cat? Lolcats.com? Lol no, and he's not Captain Aristocrat or anything like that, so he's not. Oh. No. Um, anyway, Chris, who did you like or dislike? Uh, he had a snarf. 
Yeah, you did the voice. Yeah. Well, I could do a Jar Jar Binks voice, and I despise that character. Yeah, something chronic. Yeah. Um, but Snarf... I think, I think it has to be agreed that Snarf was... Ugh, yeah. No. Also, one that I remember, oh, forgot was Snowman, um, and Snow Meow was his cat. <laughs> um, That's original, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd, probably li- I'd probably say... A lot of people say Panthro, because um, mm. Panthro was effectively what... B.A. Baracus is in the end yes, you know, he's the true, muscle, yes. but I would have said Tigra was my favourite character. Um, I just loved his wee, like, um, whip thing, and yeah. his voice was just awesome. But that's what you just said there, you know, was about the whole muscle thing, that's why he's my favourite, mm-hmm. because I always, uh, I always am fond of the one that's, that's say, like, the bodyguard, yeah. or, you know, the muscle when it comes behind it, because that's why in the recent reincarnation of Transformers... Ironhide's a favourite of mine because he just is the bad guy well not bad guy but he's the one that shows the attitude yeah. he's just like I don't care I'm going to fire my missiles if I want on that <laughs> fire the missiles fire the missiles <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's like you say that's my sort of thing and uh, it would be too typical for everybody to just go yeah I like Lionel yeah but you see in the first episode um, I did a commentary on Back to the 80s podcast you can very nice check that, check that out if you so wish, um, but in the first e- first episode, Exodus is whenever they're actually on the pla- uh, on their like ship and Thundera, their home planet, um, explodes. Mm-hmm. So they arrive on Third Earth. Um, but Lionel is a child. Whenever he gets put in the stasis capsule, he was just a kitty. Yeah, but he says like some aging. Jaga says to him, some aging will occur, but mm-hmm. Wily Kit and Wily Cat don't change, but he does. Yeah. So effectively, he is. It's very much like big. That's true. Big, you know, like so, you have the the character, but he has the mind of a of child. Ch- of a child yeah. You know, like um, so that's effectively what it is. So that's why he has to, you know, mature. And then he's got like all these set trials and things, which were in some of the episodes. But on the DVD sets, they're really they're spread out. You know, like on yes, disc yes, three, you'll have like parts one and two. But on this like six, you'll have parts three and four, which is not logical, really not bizarre. Logical. I don't understand that. <laughs> But um, we will talk about uh, something now that is very a fun topic on uh, our home site of Pop Culture Network. Mm-hmm. And that is that Thundercats went without figurines for a very long time in the early days yeah. of the show. Yeah. Um, Staxions being the main style um, you know the mini statues oh yes I know about mini statues there's loads of them sitting behind you yes there is indeed but they were mentioned on that new toy smell yes Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff Um, what do you think the reason was behind them deciding not to do it because you know it's not like it wasn't a popular show again it's one of those things where I'm I'm not sure who had the license. I know Warner Brothers have it now, yeah. but it could be a case of it's been passed around. Whereas Mattel have always owned the Master of the Universe line. Whereas with Thundercats, basically, it could have been a case of a bit of a bit of development. Was it like possibly? B- Baskin, Baskin Robbins or something? That's um, ice cream. <laughs> it's something, something, it was something like that. I can't remember if it's specifically that. It was brilliant. An ice cream company now makes toys. No, no, but they, yeah, there no was, like, uh, you know, like, they were done by, you know, the DVDs and the uh, cartoon and all were done by that. So, unless they went in, 
to bankruptcy and such and such had the license. It's very much like Mortal Kombat. Now, yeah. Midway's went bust, so who has a Mortal Kombat license? Because I don't have a. I know, I, I, don't, I don't have it either myself. Um, I wish I did, to be totally honest, to have the Mortal Kombat uh-huh. license, but it's again and uh, a favourite subject of a certain Scotty Cash. Um, Power Rangers yes, it's been uh, in development hell as well because it was uh, originally Saban and then it got bought up and now it's back mm-hmm. with the original people yeah. which I think will do wonders for them um, because my previous Mighty Morphin days but well, we'll leave that for another day sorry uh, don't I'll get started uh, <laughs> I think we've uh, had s- several hints of what we may cover in future shows to be honest down with the you. line yeah, yeah. Um, I can't help one but it's just you know <clears throat> there were good figures back in the day you know I remember Lion oh you had the um you had the Eye of Thunder, you know, a sword, yes. and then you had his, li- like, uh, his little claw that you put in his back and his eyes lit up. That was class. Um, things like that. Um, I remember having the Thunder Tank Panthro in his blue and red, like, nunchuck things. Just Nun- th- nunchucks. Things like that, but um, it's it's one that really surprised me that they hadn't done and they're only planning to do now. Obviously, Hard Hero have done like the statues, but they are very much like in the same vein of the Master Universe statues that are like about one hundred and seventy-five, two hundred dollars. Yeah. So they're really expensive, and I have enough problems to spend trying to display a six-inch figure on cards rather exactly. <laughs> rather than you know trying to display that's that. The thing. It's like you say, the statues they look awesome, and there's no, there's no doubt in that. And there's part of us is if we had the money, we would definitely buy them, because it's like that for me at the minute with the Iron Man figures that were released uh-huh. that were about near two hundred bucks. And you're just but like, that's that like is epic. yeah, that's like Duvall did that review that I showed yes, you, yes. and I can't. Rem- he'll kill me for not remembering who it was. My Little Pony. No, no, not <laughs> my yeah, My Little Pony made Iron Man statues. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There okay, uh, we need Killen to confirm that to see if that's correct or not. <laughs> I don't think it will be, but damn it, we can. But hope. Um, yeah, but it's just something that I'm. I'm kind of excited to see how they're done now. I just hope and pray that they're not on a huge bubble, as as you can see yes. there, the size of the bubble, especially if they come from. Because I think the because bu- I think the bubble really ruins it. So it is. Whereas the Masters of the Universe classical stuff, it's a lot more compact. Yeah. And forms not to the shape of the figure, but keeps it nice and neat, so there yeah. isn't loads of stuff, go- you know, air going on mm-hmm. around the figure. It keeps the focus on the figure and not just this big box. Yeah. But well, uh, time will tell. And as Dan was saying, you know, like hopefully they'll be at a decent price point, um, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I don't want to spend like, you know, again. Again, with us being in the UK, we're going to have to import them. The postage would be... Yeah, so if and it's... The ta- and the tax. Yeah, but if it's $20, we can get away with that, because yeah. it has to be under £18. Pounds. Mm-hmm. But if it's, like, say, $40, you know, we're going, get, we're going to get stung by customs, whereas the Americans don't have to worry about that. Um, because people. <laughs> yeah, because... Um, Unless you label it as a gift, which a lot of the retailers, online proper yeah. retailers, you know, like if you order it from like this, if I was just to buy this off a guy I know in America, then he could label it as a gift, fine, yeah. but then a store is not going to be able to do that. Um, so it just depends on that. Hopefully as well, whenever they release that, uh, we get some other new merchandise. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. 
uh, on YouTube and stuff to do with the music and saying that they yeah. would like to release a, a proper um, soundtrack um, CD. But again, as uh, I keep going back to it, but Master Universe, a lot of people have been saying about the Filmation CD. There has been like copies batted around, yeah. but they are like from a record. Uh, I think uh, that was produced in Argentina because there actually is the I have it and there actually is the German version of the Human outro which yeah. is just very very strange and Freaky surreal stuff. actually listening to but that's the thing is it's kind of like what we mentioned in Roger Rabbit's segment is a resurgence of the things we love yeah and it's just it's been fantastically done by everybody and uh, Thundercats when it you know, comes to the huge statues is going to be a great addition to it. Um, but unfortunately, it's more than likely going to be a case of it would severely sting us when it comes to customs. <laughs> and um, sadly, that'll be the off-putting point, and it wouldn't be the sort of thing I would see. Um, there's a website over here that's very big. It's Play, it's called, and they kind of stock sort of gadgety things and stuff that you wouldn't usually get with the likes of, you know, the He-Man, Superman, yeah. two packs for Toys R Us, yeah. Toys R Us Us in the US has both the stuff for kids but and you know and an adult collection Uh areas whereas Toys R Us over here is just 100% kids yeah we have no chance over here no exactly I mean we still don't have those two packs I've had to buy them off a guy because our Toys R Us won't have them so if this is is right say for example it's the same for me in the Bioshock figures but say for example that they bring out these figures in July time, it could be October, November time before, before we here. say see them over here, mm-hmm. which is sad times. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll move on from the figures <laughs> because we'll start getting frustrated with the way uh, the UK tax system yeah, works. Yeah, we'll start turning into Deval and stuff and giving. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thundercats. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't help but love doing that. <laughs> was the and I'll use Chris's words inverted commas film yeah so it was but it was mainly just episodes merged together did you enjoy this fact that it was merged episodes or did you think it deterred it a wee bit no not really because um, again I'll go back Whenever they were introducing She-Ra, um, She-Ra, She-Ra. the first five <laughs> episodes of the first series were made into the Secret of the Sword because it crossed over with He-Man and you know him yes. finding his sister, you know that kind of thing. I always enjoyed Thundercats Ho the movie. Um, I had it on VHS and stuff. I really enjoyed it because you get reintroduced with a lot of the characters. You get in- reintroduced with that Captain. I- I'm going to say Captain Plundar, but I don't think that's his name. And then you have the likes of the pirates, which were like um, Hammerhand and Top Spinner and yeah. things like that. So you kind of see near enough. That was their way of introducing near enough every character in the into the series, you know, yeah. like or ones that they visited before, and then you're going to see them again. Um, but I still think it was kind of nice, nicely done in the fact of. Yes, we were used to the characters, but it's always still nice to see it. Yeah, exactly, because I think we never got Series 2 over here in the UK. We only Sadly. got We only got Series 1. So whenever you rent that out, I can't remember if there was characters that you didn't see in 
in series one but then you would have been introduced to them and you would have seen you know here's Hachiman who is like a samurai warrior here's Jaga here's what's his other? there's a guy who has like a tooth oh sugar I know who you mean I can't remember his name whatsoever we're going to be killed for that <laughs> but again it's the joys of it's the joys of the UK is yeah that big piece of water is a big deterrent <laughs> it sure is and it shouldn't be for a program so it shouldn't but the joys of everything in this life uh, the funny thing to come out of recent times via the glorious internet is something you like very much is the outtakes I have these on my phone but I can't remember if the first one starts off with a swear word or not so well if you want to play it I will beep it if necessary (laughs) Okay, hold on. Because we don't want any rude Thundercat action on this show. No, uh, I'm going to have to be careful because I know (laughs) there is a swear word. Well, mute your microphone. Okay, hold on. And then I'll try and keep my hand over (laughs) my microphone. The the joys of this, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He's testing it now. Is it okay yet, Chris? No. 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 (laughs) No, it's not allowed, is it? No, I I can hear it from here. No, that's uh, if this is this is an interesting. Phil Allen, Phil, it's it's worrying this, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't want an unnecessary. The territory didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just to and then he says the swear word. <laughs> oh, he was quick. He was quick. <laughs> I just remembered but, that. Uh, yes, you can kind of tell by our voices, and uh, I can see Chris <laughs> over uh, the other side of the room smiling his face off <laughs> well, in regards to I think that. it's Lion or Panthro asks what the something is the Samoflange. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Please, Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we can't talk about Thundercats without talking about the legendary Larry Kenny. Yes, exactly. A very uh, astute individual when it comes to voicing. Yeah, because he did. Uh, I heard like an interview, um, and he did like lots of uh, impressions to do with like he said he lived like uh, down the road from like um, I think it was starts of slaughter, and then he was doing like impressions of him. <laughs> but they asked him, you know, if he wasn't going to voice Lionel, he would he have wanted to voice Lionel? And he said, I can't remember his name. The guy who voiced Tigra. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, like had a really cool voice. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's pretty active online and stuff. So he is. He's very um, unlike uh, you know, as everybody knows, he listens to Chronicles. Chris puts in a hell of a lot of effort to track down the individuals he interviews there's some individuals that um, just don't want to be involved with the fans and don't want to or won't paid <laughs> or won't paid um, that just basically don't want to go back to the job they have and talk about it you know and enjoy themselves whereas Larry Kenny absolutely loves being involved and talking about his history when yeah, it comes to all this exactly because that's but then you look at the people who go to like conventions you know like um, William Shatner wouldn't have 
um, I don't think as much enjoyment if he didn't um, get asked about Star Trek or if he yeah. said you know like I don't want you to talk about Star Trek David Tennant I don't want you to talk about Doctor Who mm. because that's probably where you've made be made and that's where you're going to see you cannot condemn or destroy your roots exactly and if that's what's made you who you are you know like people will say David Tennant <coughs> of Doctor Who fame and people will say Larry Kenny of Thundercats fame who no, voiced Larry no because that's the sort of thing is David Tennant is a perfect example is and it's also the same with a previous Doctor Tom Baker mm-hmm. Tom Baker is always referred to as Doctor Who yeah so he is and it's because Doctor Who has always been the platform for not launching actors a lot of the time, but making them popular in British culture and to a you know, smaller audience internationally. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to they're done with their acting days, they will always be the Doctor or, yeah. hey, that guy who voiced such and such. Yeah, and exactly. Like yeah. that. But uh, Larry Kenny is... Uh, a guy that our friends from the Ministry of Slam Wrestling show uh, talked to a few years ago mm-hmm. and they have granted us permission when we wish to use the, their Larry Kenny interview Yeah, I can't remember the reason why they decided to talk to him because they're a wrestling show um, I think it was because um, they were covering um, at that point it was called I think it was whenever it was Legends and, or the Squared Circle so they were going more retro stuff because yes, he was well. a, good, a good part of the you know like the 80s early 90s mm-hmm. that's why they decided to have him on but nevertheless it requires a bit of editing because they actually play the Thundercats outtakes you know like they play it during it and because the Ministry of Slam guys uh, no matter how much we love them are not a um, child style show yeah they, they are rated R as they are ra- they are the rated R to our uh, WWE style programming here <laughs> yeah um, even though I'm still the guy who swore during Pokemon well done <laughs> um, but yeah Crazy. at some point during uh, the summer I think we'll probably just release the Larry Kenny we will either interview. release that or we will approach Larry Kenny and see if he yeah. wants to come on sort of thing we'll see we'll do one of the two um we may even just um, not even not even not even <laughs> get Larry Kenny impersonator. Not even maybe release it onto the site as an episode. Maybe just post it on the forums as a link that everybody can just listen to or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a fantastic listen. And it is. Because yeah. um, he's such a genuine guy. Um, speaking of voice acting, and here comes the cringe factor. It was said to be very bad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, whenever I watch Thundercats Exodus, there's um, there's a line Panthro says wherever there's all these I can't remember these like creatures running towards him, and he's going to lift up a bridge, and instead of saying you know like he, instead of saying something smart, he goes like I'm going to loosen your bones for you too. But don't yeah, forget uh? that with Thundercats <laughs> came the can't go on much. Longer. Longer have to. <sighs> Yay, he's dead. Sorry, what? <laughs> not talking. All oh, right, he's not talking now. He's throwing the huff. I threw the huff last show. He's throwing the huff now. Yeah. But um. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me at some point to? Um. <sighs> moving on. Um. 
I think it's fair to say that even though the voice acting was bad, uh, Chris loves to mimic it. <laughs> um, Loosen your bones for you too. Repetition, repetition. I know. I'd like some wine with my cheese, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Enough, enough, enough. Uh, merchandise. You obviously have a shed load of Masters uh, merchandise T-shirts specifically. Yep. Um, I do have You're them. notorious for one T-shirt specifically. It is seen in many of your profile pics and uh, videos. Yeah. Um, but also Thundercats has become notorious for T-shirts and as obviously a symbol for you have these sites you know that are designed around 80s stuff. Yeah. Like truffle it, it is such a big part of these sites. Hmm. You have a huge section dedicated to Thundercats t-shirts. It's and not other even stuff. that. You can get like I had a poster that had like Cats Lair, and then it had the Thundercats. You can get a t-shirt like has, has the Thundercats group. You know, like so you have Lion over the sword, and then either side of them you'll just have the group photo of being like all the Thundercats and that kind of stuff. So. Even though we haven't had figures for a while, we're st- we've still got the role of you know the T-shirts, the baseball caps, the posters, you know the DVDs, obviously, um, which you can pick up pretty cheap. But if you know, like, if you want them to see, if you want them to see them, you know, check eBay. You'll probably get. They did bring them out in you know four volumes in the UK, but then they just released one big pack that has like eight discs with it. And mm-hmm. Just the actual set is really nice. I'm not sure if it's the same in America. I think it may be. Uh, but have a look on the Bay of E and uh, see how much they are. Exactly. Um, to round up Thundercats, what is your lasting memory? Music. Music and the sword. I, as I said on the other you're podcast... Man, you're a man that likes swords. Yeah, because obviously Master of the Universe is sword related and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Leonardo has swords. Yes. So, you know, it all ties in. It but, all ties in nicely. Yeah, but the sword, um, the music, uh, obviously the intro music really grabs you, but I like the way they had different theme music for each character. Yeah. You know, like, so with Wiley Kitten, Wiley it was actually Cat, It was actually one of the... F- first times I remember ever hearing like these individual sort of things because it's been it's Thundercats was around when I was reasonably young so it was um, so it was obviously it was my first experience it might have been the first experience for others but it was just something that stood out for me mm-hmm. um, but sadly now and it shall never leave my head the lasting memory has to be uh, Robot Chicken <laughs> it's um, you know love the show and all but it's nice to see with a show like Robot Chicken mm-hmm. yes it may take the mickey a bit in places specifically but the reason they do it is because they love the original shows yeah but sure they mimic near enough everything like Dragon Ball Master of the Universe you know any G.I. Joe anything that Back to the Future well, yeah, that yeah, that's true. Um, I was trying to say. And they did Roger Rabbit as well, didn't they? One yeah, they did a crossover Roger Rabbit and OJ Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> don't go any further. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's just the, it's the sort of things is that it isn't just us normal folk that it left an uh, imprint on. It's the likes of Seth Green with Robot Chicken that it gave. Yeah, but sure, memories. but sure, Larry Kenny appeared in Family Guy uh-huh. as Lion O. 
um, and he was actually in the interview. He actually deliberates whether he's actually going to go and do go on to it, and his kids say, "Oh, I'll do it," because then we could say, "My dad was in Family Guy." Mm-hmm. Not was, my, not my dad was yeah, that, one of the best guys on Thundercats. That's back in the day whenever Family Guy was funny and kind of isn't anymore. Ooh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's just my opinion, anyway. Um, but yeah. The music for me is like the intro music is pretty iconic, and obviously the sword. Um, obviously, the characters stay with you as well. Yeah. But if you were to say to people, if you were to probably, you know, like have the characters and then have an MP3 of the file of their voices, some people may not know who goes with what. Whereas they would know as soon as you play the music, even if it was just an instrumental version, they would know what it was from because it's just a high tempo. And that just really sets the bar for the episode to follow. And then at the end, they all stand around going, <laughs> and their uh, stomachs move up and down because they're laughing. Tale of good animation. <laughs> yeah, they make their stomachs wobble. <laughs> Have you got uh, a nice segue for the next segment to relate to ourselves? Or is your noggin not being able to work out something that will go with Chris versus Alan? <laughs> no, well, in Thundercats you had Lionel versus Mumra, so now we're going to have the heroic Chris against the uh, mummified version of Alan, who will only come out uh, for mm. certain hours, and then he'll just crawl back to his bed, like Mumra did with his like thing to recharge, and say, like, oh, my power is dwindling to nothing. That's just Alan whenever he gets to a certain point and just like hits a wall. And I go, night-night, sleep tight. Yeah. Night-night. <laughs> night-night. Um, but it is not night-night, because when we come back from the break, we will have our gaming console fired up and shall reveal what we are going to have in Alan versus Chris. <laughs> so see you after the break. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retroshock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans new and old won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Turtle Power! Dynamic. Bold. Edgy. This muscular design features an aggressive stance and a sleek profile resulting in a powerful road presence that screams speed, even at a standstill, which is great and all, but can it outrun a building? The downtown circuit looks spectacular, guys. Power play set. Affirmative. Helicopter ready? Check. Bridge rigged. 
Locked and loaded. Cameras are set. We're live in five. Welcome back from the break. Um, this segment uh, <laughs> is going to be so random. Is going to be extremely random. We have no <laughs> notes. We have absolutely nothing in front of us except our controllers and our laptops. This is going to be completely off the cuff, and uh, it's going to be off the hook. We don't know how it's going to end up because Chris is extremely worried, and I'm extremely worried that we will probably end up swearing a bucket load. Um, so there may be a quite a few beeps during this. Yeah, segment. well, you. Uh, I'll just do that myself. <laughs> <Mute> <laughs> yeah. But um, I might as well explain um, what is in front of us at the moment on the TV. The first uh, game to be on Alan vs. Chris is <laughs> the newly released Split Second game um, by Disney. Shock and hard. Disney do a racing game. Yep. And it's not like Toy Story no, Racing or something. Toy Story Racing. It was a shock to me when I initially saw the trailer last year. Um, as in, what is this game? And I looked, and then the final of the trailer said, developed by Disney. And I was just like, whoa, that's going to be bad. Trailer looked amazing because you saw <laughs> the explosions and everything. But yeah. It's like Burnout meeting Michael Bay film. Yeah. It's, that's that's basically the way we have described this, ladies and gents, is the fact that this... If Michael Bay did a game, it would be this game. Yeah. Because it is absolutely epic when it comes to the explosions. Um, but we're at the start screen now, so Chris is going to get the game slowly but surely going. It is checking for additional content, of which we have none. Um, the graphics on the menu actually look quite fantastic because do you want to press start there oh, right, I have Spit to press start see no. I'm trying to be the one who talks and I don't press the start in anything um, but the graphics on the menus are class because you've got smoke billowing in the background and shattered glass going everywhere airport terminal no we're doing expressway because oh, right, okay. that's exclusive content exclusive content when bought with um, the company that we work for so it is um I can't select any other vehicle oh, apart Chris, from that. Chris anyway. can't pick any other vehicle. Have you done season mode at all yet? Yeah. Have you alright? Fair enough. Yeah, but I it's thought not. you would have had another car. <laughs> You've went backwards, Chris. Yeah. Um, Gotta go forwards to go back. But um, Chris is now at the moment looking at the Ryback Mohawk, which is effectively uh, a Mustang. Ah, there we go. Oh, there, he's figured out how to move uh, the controls. Yeah, pretty smart. He's going to figure out which car you would like there to go, go for. It's not me now. Yeah. Sweet. Um, okay, okay. Let's see what we've got. I am looking at. Oh, that's this. This is the game official one. Was this? I don't this know. One. 
Ida's. This is the I'm looking at the game official uh, car, which is a Corvette of Vortex GX. Um, speed is it's not boring. People like the same brands of car. I think I'll go for the Corbetta 455. Pick a different GT. color. Oh, he climbed. Why pick a different color? Because we're both in the same car. Oh, are we? <laughs> I didn't even look. <laughs> it's okay. That's how much attention to detail Alan Price pays, ladies and gentlemen. Strong vehicles are more resistant to power play shockwaves, interestingly enough. Um, and we've both picked a fast car, which has probably like zero resistance, it seems. And the timer is ticking away nicely. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to get really competitive here, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll either go probably a bit quiet or either really <laughs> loud. But, I'm going uh, to say you're probably going to... Oh, it's only two laps. It's two laps. You have to make it count. <laughs> you're, you're 99 and I'm one now. I'm number two, actually. Number eight. So I'm now currently drafting up behind Chris. <laughs> steady, steady on there. No, I'm behind you. <laughs> I just hit a wall. That's not nice. Where are you? You're seventh. I'm fifth. So we're currently going along the expressway and I'm drifting around this corner and hitting people. Isn't the best. Come on, Chris. Hurry up. <laughs> I'm right beside He's you. He's hitting me. Uh, no, no, I wasn't. I'm not going to say that. I was about to say, oh. There we go. I just made Michael Bay explosion there. Whoa! As did I. I'm in third. Oh, no, no. Chris just slammed me in a wall. That's not very nice. <laughs> I'm I, right. I just blew him up. There, sideways. Uh, the helicopter's trying to blow me up. How dare you? Don't know There's what just happened there. There's flying everything up. Uh, no! I don't want to get out of my road. Come on. Oh, Come on, you sissy! Come on, you sissy! <laughs> Eat my dust. And there's a lot of dust. Potato. Potato! It's uh, People won't get that reference at all. It's a. Uh, oh, you blew me up, you oh, did I wreck son you? of a beach ball. <laughs> Sorry about oh, that. Oh, now I'm down in seventh place. That's not fair at all. But. Uh, Michael the, Jackson did one sang. The potato joke is a ah! reference to. Uh, a UK comedy show here in the UK called uh, Celebrity Juice. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> That's not right. What? You're in second, you lucky boy. I know. How'd you manage that? Did you cheat? <laughs> no, I blew you up, sure. You're for he seemed to be forgetting. Oh, damn it. Heavens to Betsy. Oh, no. Oh. Just whacking a wall. That's normally a good idea. That helps things. Yeah. I, I see you. <laughs> I'm slowly catching up with Chris here, ladies and gentlemen. I've switched routes somehow, and I don't know how I've managed this. <laughs> the train's going to crash. Hey, wibble wobble. Ah, stay on target. Oh, you're in first. I'm in second. I, oh, sugar, I crashed. <laughs> he did exactly I what I did. I followed you. I don't know where the track is. Oh, oh there we are. Rack yourself before you check yourself or something. <laughs> Hello, Christopher. I'm puffing you. Oh, sugar. <laughs> oh. Ow. It's pretty insane right that there. That was pretty hectic right now. I just crashed into your truck, if you're wondering. <laughs> and I've just crashed again. Oh, so... So <laughs> it makes it... This, I this level's quite hectic, I, I was wrecked say. by Noel Edmonds. You've wrecked your Noel Edmonds? Or you've been wrecked by Noel Edmonds? I was mean, wrecked sorry? by Noel Edmonds. Ah! Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, sh why have I went left? <laughs> I should have went right. 
How many seconds are you ahead of me? I don't know. Uh, ten million. Oh, somebody oh. crashed into me. I'm in fourth, right? You're in third, so you're yeah. in front of me. You're 4.6 seconds ahead. That's quite a distance, actually. That's It's not looking good for me, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the second lap, and I'm going to die <laughs> at this rate. Way to overreact, Harold. No, I'm going true. to die. Nobody yeah. dies in this game. <laughs> He's now six seconds ahead. That's not looking good. He's probably pretty close ah. to the end, I would suspect. Uh, I would say so. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Oh, Sugar, Alan. Alan Sugar, actually, Sir Alan Sugar. <laughs> Amstrad Incorporated. Indeed. People will absolutely not understand that reference at all. Alan Sugar is a multi-billionaire here in the UK, so he is. And he is effectively the... Um, he used to own Tottenham Hotspur. Yes, he owned Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and is the equivalent of... Uh, He's the head of The Apprentice here in the UK. So, um, kind of so like Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, yeah, he's Donald Trump. Only with better hair. With Donald Trump. 3.8 seconds ahead, Chris is, and he's crossing the line in second Yay. place. I'm crossing the line in third place. First blood to me, then. First blood to you. <laughs> Damn you, I say. Now we do the airport terminal. What, are we making a best out of three? Best of three races. Oh, great. This is going to really bore people. We should have some. Uh, I think. I think, I think now we go different cars. So would I. No, I think we keep the same cars. You think? Yep. Because it makes it even. Makes it even, Stephen. But I'll what pick a different color today. Um, we'll go to the airport terminal. Right. I'll change some color on my one this time. So we're going to be going the same cars, everybody. Um, Chris is going to be in like the kind of grey one and I'm going to be in the white one it's alright they can't see it all don't worry no but you have to describe these things Chris and it's not very <laughs> fair on everybody if they don't hear what's going on it's alright we'll put we we'll should have video we'll just put it on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> make sure to use your power pies not hit yourself Chris that's not a good idea ah so that's what I'm going wrong then that's keep punching myself wrong. instead of punching you <laughs> sorry about that We may as well actually talk about Disney movies while we're talking, while we're driving this, considering it's Disney. What influence could this have on a f potential Disney movie about it? Do you think? Uh, only if they do another Lion King. What? <laughs> this is nothing to do with Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I think you minute to figure that out. I was about to say, but um, I think it would have good potential for um, a movie. First. Th kind of idea I got from playing this game, by the way we have started our second race at the airport terminal um, was, I don't know if you've watched a movie called Death Race Chris? Yes, with, one with Jason with Statham with Jason Statham yeah, it's, it has, it's a kind of similar sort of premise to that in the fact of you know, in this game you drift and draft to build up your power plays, yeah. whereas in Death Race you kind of uh, I nearly put it myself there in Death Race, you moved over these panels and uh, that got you your weapons and power-ups. But uh, I think if done in the right manner, it could make a good movie, or even as long as it wasn't too kiddy, a good TV show. Yeah, as long as they don't do it like they did, um, some company did Speed Racer and it was awful. Yeah, that's what I was actually about to mention, Speed Racer. The fact is, uh, if it was done in kind of a Speed Racer style, in that it was this out-of-this-world um, racing... Ah! 
thing, what? then it could work perfectly. But, but, um, he, I just wrecked him, I think. No. Or you wrecked by somebody else? Yeah, I'm last here. <laughs> oh, he's last and I'm in first. Oh, joy. Um, but it would be interesting to see something like this. It would be CGI heavy, though, I must admit. Yeah. Considering the amount of explosions that uh, go on in a race. This is the level that we're doing, was the level that was released in the demo. Yeah, um, it's the demo. So that's why Alan picked this one, because he's played this one to death. And that's no. why I picked the Expressway, because neither of us have played it. So it's equal battling ground. Equal Get out battle. of my road. <laughs> it's not your road. <laughs> it's my road. Um, I'm just flying under a helicopter that's tried to unleash an explosive barrel on me. Unleash hell! Hi! This isn't Sparta. Um, little 300 reference there. It was actually from Stone Cold's WrestleMania 21 uh, commercial. Yes, that was interesting. Speaking of uh, commercials, uh, the Eddie Guerrero one with Booker T. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, WrestleMania I've, and I've, and I've just brought down the air tower, the air traffic control tower, oh, to easy. take a shortcut. Luckily, Chris was so far behind that he didn't meet my wrath. Oh, ha ha. And I'm taking a shortcut. I did a 150 yard drift though. Did you really? And you're about to get hit by a. Uh, no, I'm alright. Airplane? It actually helped me there. I've actually just got overtook by some random computer fellow. You better come back here now. <coughs> I am not impressed with oneself. <coughs> oh, 11 seconds to second place. That's me. Well, here, this if you want to slow down, would you? No, because I've got a guy in front of me that I can't let A guy? A guy? Glide. In a red car. I will kill him now. Are you not a blue car? Because in the red car and the blue car had a race. Oh. You know, like the Milky Way advert. Milky Way. Milky bars are on me as well. <laughs> oh, where are they? I want some. I don't have any. Will you crash or do something? No. It's highly, highly boring. I've actually made up a second. <laughs> and the drifting is very much like, I would say, like Ridge Racer. Yeah. You know, off the accelerator, on the brake, back on the accelerator again. That's a So I'm, on, we're on the last lap here, and I'm in the airport section of uh, the runway, basically. And I've just got overtook again. I'm not impressed. <coughs> Come back here. I'm going to take a shortcut, and he's going to have to go the long way. That gives me an advantage, so I'll better make the use of it. And I probably won't. I'll probably mess it up here in the last corner like I always do. Chris is just using the shortcut as well. Chris is currently in third place. I'm currently in first place. I've made it round the last corner, luckily enough. And I'm heading for the finish line. And that is race number two complete. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did well. I got up to 6.2 seconds for second place. I come in first place. And Chris finishes in third. So it is one... <coughs> one in races so we're going to quickly do our final race and then uh, we'll round this episode up <laughs> I have to say this is pretty random it has to be said well it's cool because we're just talking about random things and it's probably quite funny to listen to and we will probably cringe at the randomness Port, right. Port Bridge to, yeah we're going to go for Port, Port Bridge, Bridge yeah. okay Rock Ridge, Rock Ridge, splendid. Because that's the thing, I must admit, this car actually reminds me a lot of Ridge Racer and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of a similar mm -hmm. style to it. 
And um, Chris is checking his hands. He's obviously getting sore hands already. No, so. it's um, not used to using the, L, the triggers for the triggers. so long. I just wish they were a bit more comfortable. Reminds me of the Dreamcast, the way they they are sometimes. Your lovely Dreamcast. Dreamcast is lovely. Be quiet. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not denying that. It's Everybody knows that you love the Dreamcast in the last episode. <clears throat> you should have used the last chance power play to try and wreck me in the last one. So we're now at Port Bridge, which is I'm rem- trying to remember is like based around a dock and all that sort of stuff. No. I know <laughs> it is. Isn't that amazing? Uh, amazing. And Chris is buying me run. Um, <laughs> run? <laughs> run? No, well, it'd probably be faster in my car. Probably would be, unless you're Sonic. Sonic! Another guy we covered in the last episode. Um, of which you got into a bit of. Dan disagreed with your statement in regards to, like, Sonic and Friends. Yep, he did indeed. And someone's blew the boat off. That better it's, not have been you, Chris. It was me, yes. You dirty cheat. <laughs> dirty cheat, nothing. It's there to be used. <laughs> I used it. You be quiet. Ah, no, 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 no. That no. was not me. That has to be ah, said. Yeah. Ah. Says you, he's right in front of me now. So? Help. Help. Arf. Help. <laughs> People just keep hitting me from side to side. Yeah, same here. Oh, everybody just went past me. Ah! Oh, we all crashed. Is I didn't crash. Ah! I actually preferred that because that meant way. Oh, I don't oh. know where to go. Sun was shining in my face. Just never. Sun come. is shining on oh. my face. Somebody used that. That was nice. Way I've got it as well. <laughs> that gives you a bit of a shortcut. Change direction! You, me, oh. crash. Follow me, Christopher. Follow you on your shortcut. <laughs> you dirty rotter. <laughs> I'm a little cheat. I don't actually know where this route goes. I've never I have been on no this idea either. It's a bit of a random one. Crud. Oh, that was so close. I nearly took Chris out with the Cree in there. But um, I think this level's pretty cool. So it is that there's actually quite a few obstacles that you... There's a lot of obstacles. You can fire in this because Chris has just <laughs> made a helicopter and nearly <laughs> explode me with a barrel. i got to say, that's one thing I don't like is the helicopters because they're way too obvious. Yeah. Ah... Uh, Whoa! <laughs> Let's keep on trucking. Ah, oh, stop following me, will you? Follow me. No, don't wanna. <laughs> or as Abe would say, follow me. Hello, wait. Are you saying you were going to do that? Ah! Yay! That's you. That's you. There, Past you. Uh, you celebrated because you thought it was the final No, uh, I just love the fact that... Oh, hello, I've got, who's this behind me? It's not me. Cause I, I know just, it isn't you, it's something because he keeps tapping me up the uh, Derriere. rear bumper. Well, I think it's safe, safe to say that I'm not going to win this race. Why do you say that? Oh, because right, you're in second place, alright. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, I went to go the shortcut and I pressed A, but the thing it actually... Oh, I get it when that happens. You think you're going to make it and you think you're going to make it and then... Yeah, you don't it make it. It all goes to pot. It does. 
uh, so I'm currently in second place and I've been to first place there. Um, ah, sugar. Yep, silence just came there, sorry <laughs> for a second. And that guy went along when I've just took the shortcut, I'm on the final bend. Where are you, Chris? You're in fourth and I'm in first at the minute. I'm probably going to mess it up here in the final corner and all of things. Nope, I'm around the corner. But I have a guy right behind me. we got a guy right in front of me here. And I have finished in first place. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Alan versus Chris. Complete. Well, Chris hasn't actually finished. Yet. I have. I actually finished third because finished I wrecked that guy in the last. Place. And uh, I can claim victory. Yeah. the first one. Yes, mm. a victory. I'm going to be very smug now. Yeah, you've um, smug. That you? was actually my biggest dread before we started this show was <laughs> the fact that I wouldn't win the first series. Um, but Chris did actually extremely well in that first considering he ended up down in sixth place. I did. But, yeah. um, yep, that's split second, and uh, it is awesome. I would recommend you to go and buy it. Yeah, even if you have a PS3 or a 360 and unsure about it, um, just download the demo. But if you like Burnout, actually you'll certainly love it. It's cheaper than most games out there at the minute, because, uh, speaking in British points, I don't know what it's like for the US at the minute uh, in regards to this game, but uh, in the UK... Games usually range anywhere from thirty nine ninety nine to forty four ninety nine, and this game is uh, thirty four ninety nine uh, in store level and uh, twenty nine ninety nine on um, our company's website. So for the game to be thirty pounds if you go online. Yeah. Nowadays it's pretty darn good and, and I think it's a smart marketing ploy on behalf of Disney. Before we wrap up while we're on the gaming part, um, you obviously got a copy of the new UFC yes, game. Absolutely. Um, UFC twenty ten. Yeah, so uh, that was done by THQ, I was just reminding myself there. Okay. So um, what do you think of the, the game? THQ um I'm, we'll go into this in more depth in um, our next uh you know, midweek episode it's going to be. We're going to release these on a midweek when it's the middle one between the main shows. Um, obviously, we're going to have our next episode, which will be back to games. Um, but oh, yes, yeah. So, uh, yes, yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah, I know yeah, Chris yeah. was like, oh, yes, but uh, <laughs> but we'll mention UFC in um, one of the next few shows, so we'll, we'll have a bit well, of Well, early impressions of it then. Early impressions are um, better graphics, uh, more accurate fighters. Um, change to the controls a wee bit but and uh, season modes had a good few tweaks in it as well but okay. um, we'll go into detail when uh, I have a review ready to go and Chris has had a go of it as well because um, it's not a game he would buy no not or spend the money on but uh, I'll have to let Chris have a go at it and uh, then we'll come back with a review at some stage in the near future yes but to round this show out we have an announcement to make mm-hmm. about the next episode. Yes. Which, um, as we all know, is going to be back on the game route. But we are going to have our first guest in a good few episodes. Yeah, that's going to be radical. And it's going to be retro. Yep. And we're going, going to do some turtle toy talk yes. tonight as well. Yeah. Uh, 2RT3. Yep. So, um, in you case you haven't not guessed yeah, by that so if you haven't guessed I'm used to this here who's 
here you see I was used it and then I started stumbling. Here is who is going to appear on the next episode. Greetings guys and gals. Sween Hollick here reminding you to tune in to Operation Retroshock number seven. In this episode, the Gleason threesome of Kick and Chris Vent, excellent Alan Price, and myself will be discussing some of our favorite video game series, including Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, Mario Kart, and something or other to do with turtles. Huh, wonder what that's all about. Anyway, be sure you don't miss it. That's Operation Retroshock coming to you from PopCultureNetwork.com. That's right, a Mr. Sween Halleck from Pop Culture Network. Uh, he does Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk. Which is totally tubular. Yeah, and it is possibly pizzerific, but I wouldn't. We are not going to try and copy the amazing Sween. He is such a wordsmith at <laughs> yeah. tying these things together, which you've just heard. Oh no, no, no. No, because... <laughs> no. no, because I had to write that out for him to say, because he did a couple of takes, and they didn't go according to plan. Don't, he stumbled don't, on his words. Don't, don't, no, but don't. we're awfully awesome, Alan, and crazy cool Chris Vint, so yeah, it, see, doesn't yeah, ma- it doesn't matter. He did that himself, and how he thinks it up at times, I really don't know. Yeah. Kudos to him for that. But, um, yeah, episode 7 is going to have... Uh, Sween on the show with us, and obviously Turtles will be a key part of the next show. Yeah, there's you two games that um, he has picked, and, and there's a game... One's an obvious one, and another one is absolutely another game that uh, is formed in our hearts. Yes, exactly, and then Alan and I have um, picked one each, which um, I'm sure it's it's probably going to be in terms of high quality. It's going to be maybe our best to date or with the, high, the level of games. Um, there is another pop culture peep who peep is yeah, veteran who is going Original. to come on at some stage, um, but you know we'll have to iron out when that is. Um, <laughs> we just hope that he doesn't turn from pixel to plastic. I know we don't want that to happen. Exactly. And that um, unfortunately was one of Chris's worst puns of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Ranks up there with the Pikachu one. But you can consider the next episode of Operation Retro Shock uh, kind of a NWO versus DX invasion, so to say, as in Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk is coming to invade us, and yeah. uh, turtles are going to be taking over. Probably, yeah. Um, so, with that being said, should we get the shell out of here? Let's get the shell out of here and um, give me a shell, yeah, if you're looking forward to the next episode. <laughs> you are you now, Shark Boy? Yeah, Shark Boy. Oh. <laughs> but uh, enough with the silly, crazy Before puns. we round up, though, we have a competition that we competition, need to Competition, competition, yep, yes. For all you lucky listeners, so it's over to Alan Price with the details. Well, we are going to have a few competitions over the summer. Because we were feeling generous. Yes. We were feeling generous. And uh, the first one of these is going to involve a piece of Gears of War memorabilia. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the name of the fi- what the figure's called. It's... Is it a Budaksu figure? Uh, yeah, something, something, like it's something like that. It's very like um, one of these chibi figures that you see in like anime and all. It's kind of like... Uh, Seems like an overgrown <coughs> Lego. Almost, yeah. Seems like an overgrown Lego of Marcus Phoenix. Mm-hmm. 
it's actually quite a reasonably rare figure because it's one I think we we find it uh, in work it was one of those rare things that would creep in now and again we occasionally get figures into work we've got the Resident Evil ones in the past yeah. and they're like but it was one of those rare ones that would sneak in and uh, you would always find the um, it getting a look you know the ones that came in getting looked at mm-hmm. by not the kids not anybody but people more like ourselves who are involved with the pop culture network, the people that are interested yes. in this yeah. sort of stuff. But it's a special uh, little piece, and uh, we will be posting a picture of it, obviously, in the Operation Retroshock section of uh, the Pop Culture Forum mm-hmm. for everybody to see so you know exactly what we're talking about, because obviously it's a bit um, it's a bit vague yes. you know, so, describing it. So can I, can I say what Yes, you can indeed. Uh, tell everybody what they need to do okay. to get the special figure. Okay, well, obviously, Gears of War is a multiplayer online game. Uh-huh. So, what we want you to do is we want you to go to the forums and post, but not regarding this. What we want you to do is we want you to email, email us at vintoman at popculturenetwork.com or alanprice at popculturenetwork.com. Network.com. Network.com. You can either send us an MP3 file, or you can write us an email, or you can go to Skype and you can leave me a voicemail there at Vento three one six. Pop culture people who work on the site are permitted to, to enter. enter because we are allowed to enter their competitions, but higher expectations are made of you. So, because you Mr. are all talented individuals, Mr. Rob Bass, Mr. Darth Duck, Mr. Sween Halleck, etc., and of course Pixel Land and so on and so forth but what we want you to do is we want you to email us with your most humorous multiplayer online experience it doesn't have to be regarding Gears of War it can be if it is great but the one that makes us laugh the most will win the figure Um, obviously um, with us being based in UK it may take you a wee while for it to get there but um, but we will make sure that it will be sent recorded so there will be every effort mate to make sure uh, that it gets to you in one piece and <laughs> as fast as we possibly can exactly but um, we need we need you to send that there um, what we're going to do is you have until so you would have say um, it'll be about uh, two weeks or so just yeah you would have two weeks. two weeks from whenever you've um, this episode will be up um, and obviously we will post in there we will have um, a thread in the forum saying you know, almost counting down and seeing how many days you have left the best one will be read out on air and then um, we will post the figure off yes because um, obviously um, we still have the we have the episode with the screen that's coming up Yep. Um, but the funny thing is that the uh, episode uh, after Swing is going to be my birthday show. Oh. So it is, so we'll have to figure out to do something a wee bit crazy for that. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> well, how exactly we'll do no, that. What we'll do then, what we'll do is since your birthday, you can choose the games we'll talk about. Yay! I win. As long as I know what they are vaguely. As long about. as you know what they are. Yeah, I don't want you to pick something like Mario Baseball in the GameCube or something just totally <laughs> random. Uh, who knows, if it's Alan, we may be revisiting Pokemon. Early. <laughs> I have a funny feeling. Oh, we didn't talk about that quickly. 
just no, but no, but no, we have to, no, we have please, to, no. no, we have to, we have to uh, sum up the competition thing. So yeah, send us in your best uh, multiplayer experience, whether it's been on a team, whether it's been you had like you know five kills in a row or a humorous or comment for taking Gears of War as an example. Uh, I remember being online and. Uh, one of the guys getting trapped in a train track and getting demolished by a train and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Just that sort of a thing. Yeah, I think that my best was Call of Duty 2. Um, there was a bunch of us, a lot of guys from the Netherlands, and um, uh, we were playing a map that was grenades and pistols, and you just saw people like karate <laughs> chopping once they ran out of ammo, and it was just absolutely hilarious. So something like that. So make sure you send that uh, that to us. Make sure you let us know who you are if you're on the forums. Make sure you include your pseudonym there so we can acknowledge that there. But um, yeah, just um, you have two weeks from today. And uh, best of luck to you. And there will be more prizes, uh, including a couple of PS3 games as well. A couple of PS3 games and um, something in relation to Atari, which I shall not reveal now. No. Some retro, retro Atari piece of merchandise. So what did you want to say about Pokemon before we left? Well, yeah, basically uh, we did Pokemon, obviously everybody heard... uh, See how quickly I went into that um, a couple of episodes ago now, and it got. I was quite happy with the reception that specific episode oh, got. Oh yes, totally. Because it got fantastic, fantastic feedback. Yes, yeah, so thank you for that. Fantastic, thank you. Um, it has been the most responded to episode I would think so far. Yep. Um, I know the last episode has been doing very well as well in terms of feedback, but for me. Um, the episode containing Pokemon done really well, but but the thing that stood out for me when we got the feedback was that most of the memories that everybody was posting was with Pokemon, mm-hmm. and I actually didn't expect this. No, because yes, Pokemon was a popular subject that I wanted to do on the show, but I never expected it to because we did GTA Vice City in the same episode. I never and expected, I. never expected the likes of Pokemon in that episode to overtake GoldenEye or GTA. Yes. So, when everybody was recalling their memories to me, it really gave me quite a lot of nostalgia to go back and want to watch the show. So I sadly went and found all the original episodes and have watched them and have been quite obsessed with Pokemon again and Chris will justify this. Coming to the amount of obsessed as (laughs) I've almost had to go and buy a Game Boy to then play my blue one because you want to do these battles on the N64. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. Mm-hmm. It takes you back to your childhood. Which is what Operation Retroshock is all about at the end you of the day. You said that in the last episode, so you're not allowed to say that again for a good couple of episodes. <sighs> Wise up. I'm allowed to say what I want except swear. <laughs> but yeah, it's been good and it's nice to see that. Um, the show is getting me back into seeing and looking at things that I used to enjoy and it's yeah but it's because people are posting the forum so continue to do that continue to um, we've been uh, kind of neglected to post what you would like to see in the next show so we have to start doing that yes because remember we'd say we would write a couple and then people would vote yes, and yes, then yes. we would uh, stop it so we need to do that but we have um, we have done that at the moment for um, these new middle shows in the month mm-hmm. um, yeah. that we're going to be trying to continue with the movies and TV shows there's been a few ideas already posted which uh, 
There's been quite a lot by one individual, a certain yes. Mr. Uh, Rob Bass, and everybody has been posting, Screenholics has been posting. Um, Pixel Dan wants to see the wizard, and... Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. You're fine with that. I yeah. may have to rewatch the movie because I um, wasn't fond of the first time I saw it. But um, it shall be enjoyable nonetheless. <laughs> yes. So have we covered everything then? I think we've covered everything. Um, obviously, we said go post in the forums. That can be done at popculturenetwork.com, mm-hmm. where you can check out all the fantastic shows and even visit the Pop Culture Store, which will which has some of the most amazing hidden gems you can find on the internet. These guys find it all because they even have old McDonald's toys that were so limited that. Um, you wouldn't believe how they got their hands So they are the Indiana Jones of, of the internet then? They are indeed. Yeah, we, ha- we need to thank Matt Howlett as well for yes. intro music. And also, because we didn't do it in the last Don't episode... Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah, James Garnhart, uh, Roboto, um, did our voice title. So you may not have heard that this episode because we're... We I'll are have switched back to Yeah, judge. but the game one to do with aiming your light gun is James because he just has a cool voice. Um, so we thought, yeah, we'll have him on. But yeah, so stay tuned. Check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, you know, Not Mint in Box, uh, Master Universe Chronicles, Master Universe Chronicles. This is registering that you should check out Master Universe Chronicles. Repeat, repeat. Rinse, repeat. Yes, but exactly. also, obviously, uh, it figures in that new toy smell. Yes, the, um, Wednesday and Saturday. And Thoughts West of All. Which, Thoughts uh, West of All. Yeah. Which he will annihilate everybody on. <laughs> yeah, or as I like to call him, Dollval. So Thoughts with Dollval. Um, but yeah, so uh, head over to Pop Culture Network, check out all that goodness, leave all your thoughts, send us stuff that you want to see on the show, because if you don't tell us, how are we meant to know? We're not mind readers. Yes. My we're good, but we're show. not that good. Yeah, exactly. But uh, with that, we shall say our goodbyes. I've been Alan Price. I've always been Chris Fent. As I've said before, it doesn't change unless I go and change it down the... Um, you know, getting your name. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Uh, we'll see you next time when we will have Sween Halleck in episode seven. So we will uh, see you then. Thundercats are on the moon. Thundercats are loose. Feel the magic, hear the roar. Thundercats are loose.